podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Quick message about one of our sponsors, Tread. Tread offer top quality grip socks for all types of sport, available in a range of different colours. Tread won't let you slip. Check the link out in our bio on social media or check out treadsocks.com and use code podcast at checkout for 10% discount. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Non-League Treatment Room with me, Cookie, and as always, I'm joined by Davo, who's alongside me. How are you, mate? Yeah, very well, mate. You? I'm all right, yeah. Good to uh, get another one another one going. It feels like a lifetime, as always. We say this all the time, don't we? Do we? Say it. How long's it been? It's only been two weeks. Yeah. But sorry for all the listeners that we've kept you waiting, but we've got a good one today, so you won't be disappointed. And we've been very busy as well, haven't we've we? Been, yeah, a lot of things in the background, so we are stacking up our guests for the next few weeks so um just a lot of admin really isn't it? Yeah. And and we're close away. as well cookie ain't we we are close we're a we're a week a week tomorrow week tomorrow yeah we will be at the football content awards at anfield suited and booted picking up our award hopefully <laughs> um for the best non-league podcast in the country hopefully hopefully fingers crossed um we will, and if um, if it's all good next week, then that podcast. I probably, probably won't be here. I'll probably be <laughs> dead. <laughs> Still be in Liverpool. Yeah. Um, but as always, everyone, just please follow the social medias, just because we don't want you to miss anything. And if you're listening on the platforms you're listening on, just make sure you follow us as well, just because it helps us out. Um, and it just means that you don't miss an episode when it's uh, released. But anyway, let's get into this one because I'm eagerly waiting to do it. Shaking, mate. You I'm shaking. I'm shaking. It's because he's it's 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 Irish. It's because he's Irish, that's why. Yeah. Uh, Give it I, away. I like an Irish player. Um, in the treatment room today, we have, mid, we have a midfielder who currently plays for Kidderminster in the National League. Coming through Leicester City Academy to then leaving to play League One for Berry. Having memorable times at Brackley Town, winning the FA Trophy at Wembley to winning promotion with Kidderminster to the National League. We get to hear his story. Please welcome Shane Byrne. How are you, Shane? Yeah, I'm grand, thank you. How are you? Yeah, all good, mate. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, no bother. Happy to be here. Yeah, we get to, to hear your story of football and your journey. It's been some journey. Did you say? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, from when I moved over here as a fifteen-year-old to to now being thirty and almost living half my life in the UK. It's been a it's been an interesting journey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how are you? First, you, you, yeah, you yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Currently injured. Yeah. Um, but light at the end of the tunnel. Five weeks away from hopefully all going well, returning. So um, yeah, feeling positive about it. Yeah, I'm sure the um, I'm sure you you've you're buzzing to get back and you can't wait because you got injured on the first day of the season, didn't you? And obviously, Kidderminster being in the National League, you know, winning promotion last year, and, and which we'll obviously talk about, to then that moment, that must have been tough. Yeah, yeah, like, um, it's it's avoided me a long time getting promoted to the National League and felt I was a good enough player to play in it for a long time. So when it finally came around and getting injured in the 90th minute of my first game there it's frustrating but I've been lucky with injuries over my career yeah. it's part and parcel of it so yeah. you just got to deal with it unfortunately and like I said there's light at the end of the tunnel I'm, I'm five, five, six weeks away and I'm, I'm feeling confident and my knee feels good so uh, quickly looking forward to that return I was going to ask you that Shane to be fair is this your like 
longest injury that you've had or you had one worse than this? Uh, Injury-wise, no. I had um, I had glandular fever when I was 19, I think, when I just signed, when I signed permanently for Berry, and I missed two years then. I just, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a, I went to Hong Kong with Leicester and came back, had like a viral infection, infection in my blood and wiped me out. I went from 80 kg to 65 kg and sleeping all day, every day. So um, that was just an illness, unfortunately. But injury-wise, yeah, this has been, been my war. So I've been lucky to get the tour to you, really. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, uh, we wish you all the best when you come back and we can't wait to see you back on the pitch, honestly. Absolutely. And we always kick off with, what does football mean to you? Football or non-league football? Oh, God. Oh, is there a difference? I suppose there is. Um... Give us both. Um, well, football in, in general has been my life. It's been my life's work, my life's goal. Um, started playing when I was a five-year-old to, to now where I am now. It was always a dream to move over to this country and play football and try and make it as a professional. So it's been everything in my life. And sort of, actually, I look look at where I am in my career now, the stage I'm at. I don't imagine my life without football and I can't imagine it. So um, that's a scary thought and process going forward as you near retirement age um so yeah football's everything to me my whole life always has been and always will be and then I asked the non-league question because I was quite naive to non-league football when I first stepped into it um mm. having played sort of like at Leicester and in league one and then I first dropped down into non-league I won't lie I just thought everybody was crap just mm. from just from looking at it but once I started playing in it and the bonds I've I've had throughout my time there um Non-league football is something that I will love for the rest of my life, and and I prefer it to your Premier Leagues, your Champions Leagues, and stuff. I was just saying to you guys there, I went to watch Colville last night just because of my local team and a bloke, and I wanted to go. Just the atmosphere, the friendships you make, etc. I just think it's a real wholesome community, and um, I, I I enjoy non-league football more than league football. Mm. That's really interesting to hear that, and because I'm sort of similar. You know, well, I was quite naive to, well, not naive, but I didn't really know much about the non-league world when I was trying to, be, you know, head into that physio world. And then I obviously dropped into the non-league and I fell in love with it. And I was just like, this is, this is brilliant, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. Um, and it's, you know, not many players would probably admit that either or you get a lot of young players who, who do sort of, don't really that's a naivety you don't yeah, really want, you don't you don't really want to know you, you don't look down that far when when you're at an academy or stuff yeah, like. you don't it. you don't want to know about it but like now i would know i know i know majority of everything about the conference north just yeah. from playing in it for so long and i think mm-hmm. because it's it's your job you've got to, you've got to know what you're up against and what you're doing and take an interest in it so like i said non-league for, will be like a big part of my life for the rest of my life mm-hmm. so one thing that we all want to know is an, an important question, Shane, is where did it all start for you? Um, Let's go all the way back. All the way back. Uh, well, according to my mother and father... <laughs> I knew he was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> according to my mother and father, um, my, first ever, my first ever award was uh, ball. So, oh, okay. so I started from a young age. Um, just um, my dad's a massive football fan. He's a Leeds fan for the sins, bless him. And um, that was just bred into me from a young age. And then I started playing for Shamrock Rovers when I was six years of age um, and sort of playing in a team then, started from then and sort of never really looked back. And that would be like my first memory of playing football as a six-year-old for Shamrock Rovers. And that's sort of like where the journey began. That's a, that's a big move, isn't it, at six years old? Because surely they're one of the biggest clubs over there. 
Yeah, it was just like, um, it, it's a weird one in Ireland because you don't have like academies like at, down right. to that age you do. Okay. It was just sort of like, it's almost like Sunday league in a way. Um, yeah. So like, you had, they had different teams. Like I tried out for the A team, didn't get in. I ended up in the E team. Right. <laughs> um, but it was just like my dad managed it and it was just uh, it was just going and, and, and having fun and that's ultimately what football was all about from, from a young age. So um, that's where it began for me. Decent. So you said... That so, how long were you in Ireland for before you moved over here? Uh, so I moved over as a fifteen-year-old. So 15, 15 years I lived in Ireland, played from the age of six to fifteen, and then made the transition to moving over to England. Yeah, yeah. And that's why you moved because of football. Yeah. So all my family still live back in Ireland. I was the only one to move over. Um, normally, kids in Ireland wait till they're sixteen to move over, just yeah. so they're a bit more mature. And, and with Brexit now, it can't be till eighteen, which has right. killed sort of like Irish kids coming over a little bit, but. I had done my Irish equivalent of my GCSEs because you do them like a year earlier in, in Ireland. And uh, the only thing I wanted to do was move over and sort of get a jump start on all the kids that are going to be my age as a scholar. Yeah. So I moved over at 15, lived in digs and trained with the under 18s every and day. That was for? Leicester. Right, so, so that's, that's, did yeah. I take it? They came over and... Yeah, so um, my f- trial, it's like, it's it's... It'd be interesting for probably people to know this. So, like, from sort of the age of 10 or 11, uh, scouts will come to the games mm. and then they'll say to your club or your parent, we want to take Shane on trial. Can he come over in the Halloween midterm or the Easter midterm, etc.? So, like, from the age of 11 to 15, when I finally made my decision, every school holiday, I was in England on trial. Okay. So, like, my first trial came when I was in year seven um, to Ipswich. I was 11 years of age. Dad stayed at home. My family stayed at home. Me and this other lad who I played with, who we played for the same team in Ireland, um, we went over together, and that was my first trial. And that was my first taste of it, really. That's crazy. Mm. Um, and then that was just every every holiday you could get out of school. I was in England on trial. So what was that like for you? Was it intimidating, or were you not? Yeah, it, it's a daunt. Looking back, it, it is daunting because you're coming over. Um, you're coming into trial at these places. The kids don't want you there because you're there to take their place, and yeah. it's very well known. Also, you're Irish, so yeah. it's probably very well known there as well. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, it's, it's, it is an intimidating process because you have to go into, especially when you go on your own, you get, you're going into an under, say like when I was 14, you're going into an under 15s team. They've been playing together for years. Yeah. And then you're coming in, you've got to try and fit in, play as well as you can selfishly and as for the team so you can try and get either another callback on a trial or a contract. Um, but I think it makes you grow up quickly and understand like how selfish you have to be to make it in this game. Um, mm. And I got taught that from a very young age, to be fair. So Leicester City was your first your club that you signed for then, yeah. and that was at fifteen, was it? Yeah. So that's quite that's quite late. Later, but obviously, you've, yeah. you've explained the process and how it works, and yeah. that was obviously the team who said, "Yeah, we want to take you on." And did, so, did you go straight into your scholarship then with? Um, no, so because uh, I moved over early, scholarship didn't start till 16. So because okay. I moved over early, they gave me, I lived in digs and they gave me £25 pocket money a week nice. as a 15 year old. <laughs> and uh, and that was it. And I just trained with the 18s every day. And then on a Saturday, I'd, I'd play with the under 16s because um, they would obviously be the scholarship year that I would be 
so they'd be my year so yeah that, that that's how it worked and like I said just there I moved over to try and get a jump start on yeah. the fitness used to full time training living away from home etc so like the first sort of three or four months I moved over I went to training I got home I slept because yeah. I was fucked just every day it. yeah it was just it was a massive massive awakening to what sort of like the demands of full time football is because like in Ireland you, you train Tuesday Thursday and you play on the Saturdays as a 15 year old so like it was a massive massive change and obviously I'm down I'm playing with people two and three years older than me and stuff so um, I think it's, it, it put me in good stead but yeah it was tiring to start with and like really sort of woke me up to what's expected of me in this country yeah yeah did, did you feel that you were miles off at chairman when you were over there or were you confident in your ability when you moved over to Leicester I was confident in my ability I was um, the schoolboy team I played for in Ireland Crumley United we had I think we had six lads in that in that team go to England and we won everything like so we used to play like there'd be a cup in Ireland called the All-Ireland every club in every school by club in the country would enter right. and we won that four years in a row um, so I was confident in my ability but it's a different thing than when you're stepping up two or three age groups so I was quite shy compared to how I am now I was very reserved didn't say boo to a goose sort of thing um, but yeah I, I, fitness wise I just I felt miles off it yeah so um, talk about your experience and your time at Leicester then brilliant How? absolutely loved it there yeah um, yeah. the The reason I, I had a lot of clubs when, when I came to deciding who to sign for I had a lot of clubs who I was like narrowing it down to and then eventually I, I narrowed it down to the Midlands clubs I narrowed it down to Forest and Leicester so one week I went to Forest with my man down and then the second week I went to Leicester with my man down we just had like a walk around and then to be fair to them they let me decide they okay. didn't have any input man I just said you go away you decide so eventually signed for Leicester and I think it was a good decision Forrest offered me a better contract etc but Leicester in league one at the time I just I seen a better pathway to a forced team there okay yeah, um, yeah. so yeah time at Leicester brilliant probably our youth team manager Steve Beaglehole shaped me as a player and a person in football horrible horrible bastard <laughs> proper horrible man but when you're in it, it's horrible. But when you look back on it and the things he taught me and stuff like that, it's just greatly appreciate yeah. sort of like yeah. how he was as a person. Like he was horrible, oh but in a, in a real good yeah. way. In, in, in a good way where... You understand now. Yeah, of course you do. At, at the time, you're like, why is he being like this? Yeah. Why am I running every day? But he, he bred winners and it's a testament to him that like a lot of players that were in his youth teams have gone on to have good careers and still play at a good level and stuff. And I think it's just down to how his coaching and man management style was. And it's gotten to the point now where he's probably not allowed to do it. Well, no, I know he's not, yeah. allowed, he's not yeah. allowed to do well, it anymore yeah, yeah. because yeah. We've, we've moved on to mm. weaker times, I'll say. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, he was brilliant. And um, well, I loved it here in Leicester, obviously, because I'm still here 15 years later. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I, I still live in Leicester. I call it my home now. So um, yeah, I'll always have like a real soft spot for Leicester as a club and a real family club, I felt, when I first moved over. So when you were at Leicester then, Shane, and you were coming towards, well, not even coming towards the end, what sort of players did you have in your age group? Anyone that really kicked on? Or? Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, we had Jeff Schlupp in our age group, who's obviously at Crystal Palace now. He was one from... 16 you just knew yeah uh, obviously he plays midfield now but he was a striker then and lightning quick strong and just he was a finisher yeah and uh, it was no surprise to see him go on to do as well as he had like Liam Moore as well who obviously yeah, went on yeah. to make a first team a lot of first team appearances he was it he was at Redden, Redden last yeah he's without a club currently um but obviously he's had a, he's had a good career himself um 
they were sort of like the two who who went on and made it. And then you've got like the likes of Oliver Norborn who plays at a Blackpool now. Yeah. Um, George Taft, who's been yeah. in and around the league for a long time. Um, yeah, some some real good players throughout the youth team um, who have gone on to do do really well for themselves. Mm-hmm. Nice. So when you got like. Obviously, you knew you were going to get your scholarship. Did you know you were going to get a scholarship? Yeah. So, yeah. so my deal when I moved over was, and this is <laughs> this is why English lads don't really like Irish lads coming over. So, obviously, you tend to get a two-year scholarship. Yeah. I got a one-year scholarship, two-year pro. So you got a pro as well. Yeah, I was two say. Year, yeah, two-year pro. Straight okay, away. yeah. So like, straight away. I did. I did my first year as a scholar because you have to, and then yeah. I went into a two-year pro contract. Obviously, performances warrant that as well. They're not just going to give you that, are they? You yeah, I think so. It. Yeah, obviously they've been to watch me probably for the last four or five years in right. Ireland. Um, I'd been on trial probably 10, 15 times. Um, but I think obviously it's an incentive for uprooting your life and moving across that they give you sort of a little bit longer rather than going well you can move over for a two-year scholarship but after those two years you might be back home in Ireland so Mm. it gives you a little bit longer to develop and sort of get used to life over here um but yeah that's that was always the joke with Irish kids coming over that English kids hate because we used to get a pro straight away Mm. nice you had um a loan move didn't you during your time to Bury? yeah I was um I was a third year then, so it was my I was in my second year pro into my last year at Leicester. Uh, it came about in, a, in, a, in an innocuous way, really. Um, Barry had a couple of injuries injuries in midfield. The assistant knew our youth team manager Biggs. I was obviously a third a third year, so a first year pro technically, and it just happened. Like I was about to go on international duty, and Biggs called me and said, "Listen, Barry wants you on loan." This was on a Tuesday. Like come into the club. I was meant to go. Uh, I was about to go out under Ireland the nineteens that weekend, and I had to pull out. I have got that yeah, down. Got yeah, you, down yeah, I had you to pull joy, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had to pull out, which wasn't an easy decision. But I just yeah. at the time looking at, it, I just thought, is an international friendly? I go on and playing league football going to benefit my career more. Yeah, so yeah. That made the sense. So yeah, I end up um, getting the shout to go. Went into Leicester Wednesday to agree it all. Went up to Bury Wednesday night. Met the team Thursday. Train tours, they train Friday, started at Bramall Lane on Saturday in oh, League One. How was that? Yeah, incredible, incredible. Um, I just remember being a bag of nerves, obviously. I was only a kid, but I had no fear at that age. So, like, yeah. I just remember standing in the tunnel going, like, this is the reason you've moved to the country. Like, mm. you're, you're about to become, I had the title as a pro footballer, but you're about to step foot and, and play your first professional yeah, match. Yeah, your first professional day. In front of 20,000 people. Incredible. Um, we got beat 4-0, like. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I only look back on the day as, as good memories, like. Yeah, and, definitely. Um, the trust that Richie Barker, the manager, gave me was... He didn't have to, as an 18-year-old kid. I, I'm guessing injuries made him give me that. But, like, after that, then he trusted me more and more. Yeah. And it was, uh, yeah, it was a very surreal experience, thinking back on it. But one, like, one that I look back on it with immense pride and sort of the day that I realised that the reason I moved to this country was... And the, what I wanted to do as a boy was to become a professional footballer. And as I walked out of Bramall Lane that day, I'd, I'd achieved that. And it was, uh, yeah, it's a nice feeling, real nice feeling. Do you think it's very important that younger kids, younger like adults at clubs, that they do go on loan and they, they don't sort of question the loan? Because like, you have some people who will go from being at like League One or something like that and they go to like a national league team and they, you know, they might go yeah. oh, what am I going there for but do you think it's important that- yeah I was extremely lucky like Leicester were only in the championship yeah so like I only dropped the league like yeah, I was extremely yeah. lucky at Malone um, but I would say yeah go and play men's football it's, mm. it's competitive there's points on the line you have to grow up quickly you have to understand what it means to win and lose 
under 18s and their 23s football doesn't teach you that. And this is what we had with our coach Biggs. Like we were playing under 18s, but we were allowed to play three older players. He yeah. played three older players to win. Mm. And, he, and he, he made no bones about it. Like he created winners and losers. And if you didn't want to win, he, he didn't want you. Yeah. And, that's, and that's why I said like, he, that's how I am as a person and everything in life. And a lot of that to do with him because like it prepares you for when you go. Like, I went to Berry as an 18 year old kid knowing how much it meant to get three points on Saturday. I think you've, a lot of people have mentioned that. Well, this is, this is what I wanted to ask. Yeah. I was going to say to you, what was the biggest difference that you've seen going from that under 18s environment then into League One? Yeah, it's it's what? it's the pressure part. It is like yeah. how how much it means to fans. Yeah, on their eighteens, you don't get any fans. You know no. what I mean? Just parents, isn't it? Yeah, just suppose. parents. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like it doesn't really mean a lot. Um, so fans, managers are under pressure. So yeah. you've got to perform, and results matter. Mm. So like my wage, I was on as a second year pro. The bonuses I was getting at Berry for winning were, were more than my wage. So like I was looking at thinking. I can earn my wage basically here by yeah. winning games of football. And it just like really opened opened my eyes up to like how much it means and like you're getting getting told to fuck off by twenty two year olds when you're eighteen. <laughs> yeah. Like and you're just like yeah. a bit of like a deer in the headlights sort of thing. But it it moulds you as a player, and that's why I'd say like if you're a kid and you can go on loan, no matter where it is, and it's your first experience of men's football, go and play men's yeah, football yeah. because you need that in your life. Fair play. Hi guys, it's Davo from the Non-League Treatment Room podcast. Uh, we just want to give you a quick message about one of our sponsors, Kitstop. Kitstop offer a wide range of kit for all types of sport, which can be printed and embroidered in-house. Top quality and deal with most of the leading brands. Check out their website, kitstop.co.uk, or check out the link below. Cheers, guys. So what happened next then, Shane? Did all things come to an end at Leicester uh, after your... No, so my loan move got cut short with an ankle injury. We played, uh, I think we played Colchester away early December. Uh, I got injured like the first 15 minutes. And just, it was, an, it, was a, it was a shitty injury, but I just couldn't get rid of it. So I went back to, I stayed at Berry for until the end of the Christmas and we tried to rehab it there, but it just wouldn't work. So I went back to Leicester and t- I was, ended up being out for two or three months then. Um, but when I went back to Leicester and Jan they offered me a new deal so they offered me a new 18 month deal mm-hmm. obviously I was playing League 1 football at 18 I'm just a level below where Leicester were so I expected it to be a bigger deal to be honest because I was there since a fi- for a 15 year old kid um, I think now if Leicester in the championship and an 18 year old goes out into League 1 he probably gets a 3 or 4 year deal yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? so I expected yeah. a bigger deal but they didn't I was happy with my 18 month deal I was, I was, it was a reward for doing so well and then I went from being a first team player to being an under 18s player again. Mm. And the way I got treated at Berry, I got treated like a man as a, as a first teamer. And then you're back with the 18s, you get treated like a kid. And I didn't like it. Like, really? it just, I'd got used to being a man. And we played a preseason game um, that next season for Leicester. And there was two games. The youth team under 23s were playing on the Monday, and the first team were playing, actually playing on Eaton on the Tuesday. And I got told, listen, you're with the first team today. So you come in Tuesday, we'll do training in the morning and you'll be in the afternoon. So I thought, right, starting to see me as a first team player. And, um, and then the likes of Danny Drinkwater, Matty James and stuff had to play in that game. So I ended up not playing on the Monday and not playing on the Tuesday. Oh. I came on at right back for like 10 minutes. Yeah. And I just thought, right, it's not for me this now. So I had, like, I had a year left on my contract. Uh, Barry wanted me permanently. I think Leicester wanted a fee, but I said, 
Barry haven't got that kind of money. Can you let me go? And, and they did, to be fair. And um, I signed a two-year deal at Barry then. Mm-hmm. So that was that was my sort of. It was a big risk, I think, coming out of the comfort zone of Leicester and going right. You're the first team player now. You've got to it's make a break, sort of thing. So, but I felt it was a right career move at the time, and I wouldn't change it really. How how did it work with? Because um, obviously Leicester put you up and stuff like that. How did it work then? moving to Bury then did you have to like find your own gaff over there yeah. and stuff yeah yeah I've grown up really quickly it's so mad, yeah, yeah how quick yeah so when I was alone there they had a house that was free to stay in but I'm a player now so I had to find a place to rent I suppose as soon as you saw that paperwork to say you're not a Leicester player they're like sort of yeah yeah, yeah 100% like done with you yeah yeah, yeah, it's ruthless, yeah, yeah. yeah. It is. yeah that's football for you and it was just like yeah I had to pack all my belongings and, and move to Manchester and try and sort of start a life up there yeah Crazy. Wow. What um, sort of players were at Berry that sort of time? Because um, we had, we had uh, Cam Belford on. Yeah, Belford was, was, was Belford there. Belford was there when I came on loan first. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, great guy. Obviously, who I know a lot more now, but at the time, obviously, I had no idea who yeah. he was. But, like, yeah, absolute cannon. <laughs> um, <laughs> he is. We had, like, Andy Bishop, who was a very yeah, legend, yeah, yeah. Effie yeah. Sodge, yeah. Um, Joe Scars. Peter Sweeney, Stephen Schumacher, the um, Plymouth gaffer at the minute. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we had we had a good team. Mike Jones, who's at Chesterfield now. David Worrell, who's at Port Vale. We had a good team. Yeah. Um, for did, for yeah. The, yeah. Did any of them sort of like take you on and sort of show you sort of give you a bit of guidance as you were young, or did they sort of go, no, you find out for yourself? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, find yeah. out for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, me. but I suppose that's a tough way to learn. But it's yeah, a good way it's to a learn. Yeah, better way well. to learn. I think um, yeah. you don't need any sympathy or anybody. Like, yeah, it'd be nice to have a little guide then. But yeah, yeah, I had to stand on my two, two own two feet and learn who I was as a person and as a as a football player. And like, we used to have worst trainers every week, and we'd have to wear this yellow, massive yellow goalkeeping jersey. <laughs> and I just get it every week, even if I wasn't worst trainer, just to toughen me up a little bit. Yeah, just yeah. Like, lads just picked on you, and it yeah. was just like, well, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, that, I preferred it that way. So, okay. so we've got here that you made not on your loan, but when you moved over to Berry, and we might be wrong here. You, your professional debut was against Sheffield United. Yeah, is yeah. that right? How did how did that, you find that? That was my loan. Oh, was that the that loan? Was that was the loan. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember who your first game was when you permanently signed for Berry? Cov. Really? really? At Rico, yeah. At Rico, my team, Cov. Did yeah. you start? Yeah. Really? How yeah. did you play? Oh, miles off it. Really? <laughs> so, so this is. I saw I glandular fever at this time, but didn't know. Oh, okay. Oh, right. Okay. So I'm miles off it. Miles off it. Like, I'm, I'm actually embarrassed by my performance. Really? There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Start centre midfield. Start centre midfield, yeah. Big David Healy. David Healy played up top for us. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was, I was miles off it. And I got better as, as I grew into the game, but I just felt a million miles off it. And then sort of found out a month or two later as to why I was miles off it. But yeah. What were you just like fatigued? Yeah, I slept twenty hours a day. Really? That's crazy. Yeah. Lost Jeez. so much weight. Did the club not sort of notice anything, or was it sort of? So that? I came back to pre-season in Leicester that year, like I said, with the the, the non-eating game, and I wasn't I was nowhere near the fitness results and stuff, which I I've always struggled with my fitness, so I just thought it was normal, but I just couldn't get anywhere near it. Um, and then we found out probably two or three months into my Berry contract, they sent me for a load of blood tests, and they said, yeah, you've got glandular fever and like, yeah, like I said I lost probably went from 80kg to 65 and mate that is mad <clears throat> slept quite a lot yeah, yeah. Um, and it took took its toll and took me probably the whole length of my contract to get over so so does that sort of explain why things finished at Barry then 
because yeah, you yeah, didn't because you didn't play as much football and obviously you were recovering. Yeah, from yeah, quickly forgotten in football. Um, I came back, so I got I got, got diagnosed with the illness, and uh, Kevin Blackwell came in. What a prick! If I could say the C yeah. word in this p- podcast, yeah, yeah, I yeah. would say the C word in this podcast. Who, if it was Kevin Blackwell, because he had a brother called Noel as well, didn't he? Or am I thinking of someone different? Kevin Blackwell's a twin. With Noel. I don't know if it's Noel. So one Both of them Kevin's. was on my coaching course at Lillishaw and he was a ballend <laughs> and I can't remember which <laughs> one it was. Like, probably both of them but it sounds like Kevin remember, Blackwell. but yeah. he was an absolute ballend. Yeah, he hated me. I, I don't know what for, I don't know what reason he hated me for but he hated me. Really? And he just made, he made my time at Berry untenable. I, d- I didn't end up seeing my two-year contract out. I ended up getting a pay up like it's, a year it's, into it. It's crazy, isn't it, how a manager can come in and just instantly not like someone. Yeah, some sometimes reason. your face doesn't fix. I'll, I'll tell you a story about we played. Um, so I played Cov. I played a couple of games when I first signed. The, it was we had an interim manager, Peter Shortliff. He was the assistant when I first came alone, so he liked me. We were playing Sheffield again. I came on for the last ten. If we were told if, if we win, he gets the job. Right. We end up drawing, so we didn't get the job. Kevin Blackwell comes in. So we're playing in the I think it was the Johnson's Paint Trophy, and uh, he starts me, and. I I wear moles all year round. I hate studs. Really? Yeah, yeah. Not anymore because the boots are shite now. Like yeah. <laughs> Magisters, CTRs, it was CTRs at the time, mold all year round, no problem, never slipped. So I'm playing Rochdale, I think it was, in the Johnson's paint. Uh, I go to close somebody down, he goes to go by me, I slip. Right. He runs through, shoots, hits the crossbar. So Kev has a go at me. Rightly so, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Two minutes later, same thing happens again puts a cross in they nearly score I've slipped again so he says like you better have the right fucking footwear on I don't own studs so there's a lad on the bench I said can you get me your boots please studs half a size too big oh wow. yeah horrendous but I, didn't, I don't slip again yeah right. um, I end up doing alright takes me off in like the 85th minute I, I wasn't bad that day but then we have kangaroo court on a Friday Kev comes in and calls me up in court for having the wrong pair of boots on so Explain this. What's this? Kang- no, no, kangaroo court. So court is. <laughs> so court is. Um, so fine, man. We'll give out your fine. Yeah, you can accept your fine, or you can take it to court. This is new. I like this. Yeah, and you can sort of go. Like you can sort of explain yourself and say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So would this happened like after a training session. Or yeah. So on a Friday before training, oh, okay. everybody's in the change room. Right. You get called up. Do you accept your fine? Yeah. No bother. So Kev calls me up to, in court. The gaffer. Yeah, the gaffer comes in and calls me up in court for slipping. Wrong footwear. Okay. I say I don't accept it. <laughs> but not a lot of the players like them. Uh, so they're on my side. Uh, so like, the rule is if you go to court, you lose. Okay. Court has a 95% the court always wins. What's that, the repercussions when you lose? Fines doubled. Oh my God. Oh. So he finds either double or it's chucked out. Oh, How much was the fine? Can you remember? I think he was doing me for 50 quid. <laughs> He's doubled it. <laughs> <laughs> so... He calls me up and like I said, the lad's in like Effie Soji, great bloke. Um, he's fighting my case. Okay. And like, I get away with it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Must be the first person in history. Then he calls me up again for, for something else. So, so I sit down, I'm like, oh, fucking, I'm fucking one court. Like, yeah. lads have backed me. My story rang true. I said like the fucking, the youth team lad who cleans my boots didn't pack them even though I didn't own studs, I went to Sports Direct that day and bought some studs. Really? <laughs> uh, but yeah, I said that and we got away with it fine and then he called me back up and I ended up losing and obviously it then tends to go into Kitty and he says, Bona, 
that comes directly to me. Oh, what? I want 50 pounds to me. No way. Never paid the fucker. Really? Yeah, I couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I just kept avoiding it. And he'd, he'd ask me every day and said, yeah, no, I've not got it. And just never did it until like... Too right. It shouldn't go to yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, That's unbelievable, by the way. What a prick. <laughs> Honestly, he hated me. And then like, I was coming back for glandular fever toward the back end of the season. And I was like, listen, Gaffer, I'm going home. I'm going to hand me lease in at my apartment. I'm going to go back to Leicester. Are you all right with me going back to Leicester? And I can do my fitness. The physio can send me a fitness plan there. I'll do my fitness there. Yeah, yeah, no problem. I'm at Alton Towers on my birthday. He rings me. Yeah, I want you in every day. Oh, my God. Oh. So it's off season. I've had to drive to Manchester. I've handed me lease in. Oh, so no, like, yeah. I, I've not got an apartment now. I've got to drive to Manchester every day to run with the physio. Oh Jesus. So that explains a bit why you left buried yeah, yeah. in terms and, of that and I was like gonna go back home to Ireland for a little bit and he was like yeah yeah that's fine if you can get to level 13.2 on the bleep test right <laughs> I couldn't get there Mate, I still can't the, get that's, there that's tough 30, still, yeah. level 30 I still 13 oh 30 Jesus Christ I'm gonna say yeah, I, still, I still can't Mate, get there now and I'm fit now yeah, yeah. so like every every Friday I'd be at Bolton University with the physio doing a bleep test on my own and I just never got there. Mate. So I couldn't go home. It was fucking horrible. Mate, that is horrible. So I was doing like, I was doing like 750 miles a week just to run with the physio. It, yeah, it was, a, it was a tough time. So then I did the pre-season with them there. Um, we, played, we played Radcliffe Borough in a pre-season friendly. He plays me right back. My dad's over, right? My dad's harsh as fuck with me. Always has been. So, like, so when I ring him and say, listen, dad, I played well today, he knows I did. From right. a young age... He'd get in the, I'd get in the car and he says, well, how do you think you did today, son? Like, yeah, he said, I thought you were fucking shy. Yeah. <laughs> From the age of seven. So like, tough love, I needed it. Was he a footballer as well? Yeah, no, no, no. He says he was. Right. <laughs> um, no, not, not any good level. Played in Ireland for a little bit, but yeah, not right. any good level. So he was harsh. So he comes over. He watched me play. I play right back. I play really well. Lads are even saying I play really well. I get called into his office on Monday. I thought you were shy on Saturday, Shane. Really? Yeah, postman flicked it over your head. Fucking shite, no good. So I rang me old man, I was like, listen, so that's, that's when I knew my time at Barry was coming to an end, so we negotiated a pay up and, and I left probably a month after that. And you never found out why he was like this with you? No. It's just like you I mean, said, your face sometimes doesn't fit, I, I think. just think it's, it, I know, obviously, me and you have only been involved in the non-league game, so, and obviously you've been involved in it now for a long time. Manager moves from one club to another and they normally bring a few over with yeah. them, which you've probably been involved in before where you've moved from one club to another. When you're playing League One, League Two, Football League, higher, you know, they're going in, they're probably not going to bring people over, they're just going to keep the core yeah, group yeah, that yeah, they've yeah. got yeah. and then they're going to build from there. Yeah. Why has he got a problem with you? <laughs> I don't know. Why? I don't know. And, and maybe I look back on it and I probably over-exaggerate a little bit. I, d I don't think I do, but I might do. But if I'm the character I am now, I'm just not going to start and say, what the fuck's the problem? Really? Yeah. 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 But as, as a 19-year-old kid, like I, I was scared. Like I said, it, it took me probably till I started playing non-league football to fully grow up as a man and like start standing up for myself. And now I'm a prick. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would just knock on the door and say, listen, what's the issue? Mm. but yeah. I didn't at the time so it'll, yeah. it'll forever remain a mystery for me but I can live with that I don't, I don't mind it like it shapes who you are as a person and it shapes your life and I look back on it and I can laugh at it like yeah yeah absolutely. yeah yeah that's it so you said you mentioned you moved you went back to Ireland for a bit and you you played for Bray Wanderers Bray Wanderers yeah is that like was that your local team where you no from, so I went that? back and I went so Ireland has a different uh, a different 
season over there so it's a, it's a summer season I thought so yeah so pre-season's Jan, Feb, March and then yeah. the season starts March to October right um, so I went over in the Jan and um, did, a, did a bit of pre-season with Shamrock Rovers obviously the biggest club in Ireland um, funnily enough the manager then was Paul Doolan the Irish and the 19 manager whose side I pulled out of to go on loan at Berry. oh no okay. yeah so he had a little bit against me then. Yeah, so and yeah. I thought I did really well on trial, ended up not signing me. So I went to, to Bray and, and signed there. And I think I probably played about 10 games there. I just I just didn't like living back home in Ireland, to be honest. No. I'd, uh, I was 21. I'd been used to living on my own. I've had two years in Manchester living on my own. I had two years in Leicester living on my own. I'm back on top of my man, dad and stuff. And it just like, just yeah. wasn't for me. So they have like a two week break in Ireland in June for like holidays, etc. So I said I needed to go back to England to uh, get me car and MOT'd and serviced. <laughs> just never came back. Really? What's the football? <laughs> That's a great excuse. <laughs> wow. What's the football like in Ireland? <sighs> What's the standard like? So, so this is, this is 2014, this is. So yeah. It's moved on a little bit since then, I would imagine. So I'm not going to disrespect my country. No, no, that's fine. Um, it was okay. It was yeah. okay. Yeah, it was okay. Yeah. Do, I, do I think League of Ireland players deserve moves to Premier League clubs? No. Where would you put it, Shane? In- uh, I, like, I think if you put Kidderminster in that league, we've got a good chance of winning it. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ooh. Interesting. But that's, that's, that could be me, me being yeah. naive because yeah, yeah. I've not played there for, for such a long time. Yeah. But yeah, I would liken it to probably National League, National League North maybe because you've got, you've got a, couple good, a couple of teams but there's only 11 teams in the league. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's mad. That that's is, interesting. So you, um, you say that you came back over because your car was due at yeah. <laughs> You found yourself at Corby. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. Talk to us about that. Um, How was Corby? It just came up randomly. I was just keeping myself fit and... Um, the head scout who, who scouted me for Leicester, Bill Wall, Tommy Wright was the manager at Corby. Yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. ex-Leicester player, and um, I needed a game of football. And they're playing for us, and he rang him up, and said, "Listen, I've got a lad who you'd want to you'd want to see on trial." And Tommy's like, "No, no, I've got my team sorted." And he's like, "No, no, you'll want to see him." So I ended up going there. Knew a lot of the lads. Yeah, which was random. Um, like Ben Milnes, who was at Leicester with me, he was there, so it was easy transition. We'd fit in. We played against Forest. I played really well. Hounded me to sign then. From there yeah. on in, so I just stayed there non-contract and probably had, probably had my favourite season in football ever. Really? I was going to say yeah. because you actually made over like forty appearances, so yeah, you, had played, a, you had a really good stint of football, didn't you? Like you know, yeah, I've, got, so, I've got here like you're making over forty appearances for Corby. Was it nice to actually have a full season playing regular week in week out football? Yeah, so this is like off the back of me leaving Berry, getting over me glandular fever. Going back to Ireland, having a full preseason there, then playing ten games to coming back and doing another preseason on my own. Oh, so it's yeah, probably like yeah, the fittest course. I've ever yeah. yeah. Um so like I hit the ground running there and um yeah, I just loved it. Yeah. Just prop proper loved it and 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 felt really at home and like I, I think I ended up playing 50, 51 games that season for them. And it was just nice to get my full force stint of like men's yeah. football under my belt and end up going on to win the league. Yeah, getting in team of the era. I think I was 21 at the time, um, and like I said, that changing room. If you speak to anybody who was in that changing room at the time, it is one of the best changing. It's the, probably the best changing room I've ever been in. Well, yeah. we we speak about that, and obviously you said that you've listened to a couple of the, uh, of the episodes. We always talk about it, don't we? Changing rooms, super important. It, it, how big is it? It's oh, massive, it's isn't massive. it? Massive. Like, so we are we are playing in the Southern Prem. So Corby's in Northampton. I live in Leicester. I'm playing in the Southern Prem. Yeah. So days were like half six, seven o'clock starts. Yeah. But 
just wanted to be around the lads. Like the bus was just non-stop. Training was non-stop. Banter was just non-stop. Like mm. there wasn't a bad person in that group. And like I said, it was just, just the sort of camaraderie and, and the togetherness that we had just from being a group of mates who just took the piss out of each other all game yeah. and all day. Um, just seeing us over the line and like that season we end up going final day of the season where Corby were on 92 points we're playing Pool Town away they're top on 93 points so I was like play our final last game of the season you win you, you win the league if they draw they win the league yeah. and we end up beating them 3-2 and it was just it was on my birthday that day as well so yeah. I was just it was just unbelievable that season just and again I was naive to it because I never looked at the league table because I was just playing football, like mm. I wasn't into it as much as I'm into it now, where I check how everybody's getting on. Like, yeah, like yeah. I was just playing football with my mates, and it was just, yeah, it was, it was so, so good. And we got promoted to the Conference North, and I wanted to stay there, but just didn't materialise. Mm. What, what was the fan base like at Corby? It was small to start with, um, but by the end, like I think the pool away, like last game of the season, we took like 1,500. Wow. Really? And like we were getting sort of seven, eight hundreds at home because we were, we were flying pretty much. Yeah. Um, but great club. It's a nice great, little great setup club. at Corby. Yeah, I've been there before. Pitch is nice, nice, nice yeah, stand on yeah. the other side. Do, do you know something? I used to work in Corby. Oh, you've worked everywhere. You've, have, you've done everything. No, I haven't. I haven't you've been done, everywhere. I haven't done everything. <laughs> so I used to run a football camp over in Corby. Now, it was... I never travelled much out and then eaten when I was younger, right? And then I've got, I've got a job over in Corby, just coaching there on a Thursday night, I think it was. Mate, they're all Scottish. Yeah, so we used to get bottles of Iron Brew as man of the match. Oh, Mate, that's class. Oh, I love Iron Brew as well. They're all Scottish. <laughs> Maybe I should go Corby. But Corby weren't <laughs> a massive club because obviously Kettering is just down the A14, is it? Yeah, it's literally yeah. over the yeah, road. yeah. yeah. From Corby, yeah. and that was the bigger club. They got Russian and Diamonds there as well. Yeah. Right close. Like, yeah. yeah, Corby weren't a big club at all. But it was crazy. It's mental, isn't it? How like Scottish yeah. they are. Yeah, it's mad. But it's I've heard it's because of the uh, it was mining or something. Mining like or yeah, something yeah, it was, like yeah. that. They're all Scottish. So all these kids used to turn up not in Corby tops or Northampton tops or Kettering tops, but in like Kilmarnock. Yeah. Or like, <laughs> mate, it was mad. I've still got well, my first home game. I got man of the match. I've still got a bottle of Iron Brew from that game. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah I still got it at home. Original recipe from 24 in a glass bottle. Massive. Fair still got it at home, yeah. Well, you're going to crack that open ever? Uh, <laughs> nah, I might sell it on in a few years' time. It'd be worth some money, that. Oh, it will. Um, just like quick, a pancake. Just, yeah. Just quickly describe winning promotion, that feeling, because that would have been your first proper silverware, yeah, wouldn't it? Yeah, first proper season. Like, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, just like I said, to do it how we did it, like, the last month of the season, we played, like, I don't know how good your geography is, but we ended up playing Pool away, Weymouth away, Biddeford away, Truro away. Long, long trips, yeah, literally like all long trips, um, and we had to, um, we had to win all of them. We ended up yeah. losing one. That's why I went down to the last game of the season. But like, yeah, that that day, like, remember everything about it. Just incredible, incredible day, and just it's a it's a years long work on ninety minutes. Yeah, and just yeah, sort of like yeah. feeling after and just doing it with the people that you did it with, like memories for life and like sort of people that I will hold dear for the rest of my life yeah. just because of everything you shared and the emotions you go through with them so what step was that Shane step three at the time <clears throat> yeah yeah would you at that level of football would you when you've got these big away games all the way down south would you stay over the night before no. or really no no we did it Jesus we did it once we played Truro in February away so we're gonna, gonna have a night out of it so Lads went down in a minibus. No, we didn't stay over the night before, actually. Lads went down in a minibus on the day. Really? We played Truro. We're 1-0 up, 88th minute, floodlight failure. 
Oh, really? No. Enough daylight to finish the game. They say, nah, keeper's like, nah, nah, I can't see the ball. Oh, really? Game gets abandoned. That's why we had to go back down there in April. Wow. But we had a night out in Newquay after, and it was fucking brilliant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah very, very good. So it was worth it. But yeah, the, um, the minibus was a, was a honking journey that was. I can't yeah. believe that. Like, you wouldn't stay over the night yeah, before. No, and never. That. Yeah, Mate, anything could happen. You could get caught on the motorway. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what well, it is, isn't it? So that's that's that non-league, isn't it? My first ever away journey in non-league, I was at Barwell. So just came out of Berry, needed somewhere to train. That's where I met you. That's, yeah, that's where I met Cookie. Barwell. I'm expecting pre-match. I've not brought. I've not brought anything. We're going Whitby away. I'm expecting pre-match. <laughs> stop the lot. That's how fucking stupid and naive I was to it all. And then nothing. So I'm stopping at a service station. I'm buying fucking apples and bananas and stuff because I'm just like, well, I said, <laughs> I think I said the guy Hadlin went, stop my pre-match. He went, Are you fucking what? Yeah. <laughs> Whitby long journey yeah, oh, yeah. yeah so that was like a fucking welcome to non-league I think we won that game as well you know? yeah I think we did I think we did win that game so you, you mentioned that you left you left Corby after winning the league because things didn't materialise and you ended up putting an Eaton Borough yeah talk about that how did that come about um, I had I had Brackley in for me at the time actually John okay. Brady who's now Northampton manager and um for whatever reason, I just he put seven days in for me when I was at Corby, and I was like, "Listen, I'm not leaving." Like they, they offered me double and more the money I was on. I was like, "I'm not leaving." I was paying for peanuts at Corby. Um, I was like, "I'm not leaving," and turned out why. But then in the in the summer, I went to met him. I went down to Brackley. I just didn't get that feel really. Mm. And then I spoke to uh, Kev Wilson and Steve Chettle at, at Nuneaton. They were going full time. Yeah. Um, away from what they had been previously and I just thought right you've had a really good year at 21 you're now 22 you're staying in the National League North we're in the North were you living in Leicester at the time yeah I'm in Leicester Nuneaton is 25 minutes from Stone me throw, closest yeah. I've been to like the team I've played for and I just thought you know what let's let's just have a crack at it so I was at Aldi at the time working handed my notice in there I was like right let's go and like like I said the money at Nune- at Brackley part time was way better than the money at full time money I was at Nuneaton but I just thought 22, let's give full time a go. If nothing materialises, nothing materialises. So that's how it came about. I just enjoyed speaking to Kev and Steve and the vision for the club, etc. And we had a really, really good team that year. Uh, just a lot of young kids, but a really good team. We were very unlucky not to, not to get playoffs that year. We actually had um, ex-Premier League players as well, Marlon Howard. We did have Marlon, yeah. How was that? A handful, I bet. Yeah, yeah. He, he, you know what? He's a great guy. Real great guy. Um he only used to train once a week so yeah, we, were, he did. we were in full time and he was yeah. just he just rocking on the Friday easiest day of the week and just like yeah how did that ever happen by the way <laughs> I don't know Marlon Howard yeah no idea it was a strange it? one when I, like we were in the bar after a game and he just sort of like strolled in and was like introducing himself to all the boys like yeah, yeah I'm signing and we're like the fuck's going on here Jesus yeah. was he could he still do a bit back then Shane or was he a bit stiff mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah a bit stiff no he was a bit stiff um, but Sometimes, very rarely, but sometimes he'd, he'd pull one out, he'd be like, fucking hell. Really? He's good that. It's just like, he was a handful. I got the funniest picture on my phone of him waiting somebody, and it's a two part picture. And one minute the next side to side, and next minute this guy's in the air. Really? <laughs> like Superman and in the air. <laughs> it is fucking mental. <laughs> but he was just that strong. But yeah, he, honestly, he was great around the group. He was really good for us. So you only had a year at Nuneaton, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. So why, why did things just sort of not work out there? It was controversial. Um, I'm, I got a lot of stick for this when I left Nuneaton. Uh So I signed a year there, but they had a year on me with a year option. Right, okay. So me being 22, I've, 
I've never really had an agent. I've always done my own deals. So me at being at 22, I thought an option meant an option. So if I don't want to take it, I don't want to take it. Right. That's not how they work. It was in their favor. So um, I said, listen, I'm saving for a house. This money isn't good enough for me now. I need to go back to getting a job, playing part-time, etc." And they were like, well, no, we're taking your option up. So um, I was like, well, I don't want to be here. And they're like, well, option's up. So my contract didn't start till the 5th of August when the season started. So they wanted me to come in pre-season training without being paid. Right. So I just said, I'm not turning up. I said, I want to go on the transfer list and I'm not turning up. And I didn't. I just didn't turn up. So pre-season was going on. I didn't turn up. I was just running on my own, going to work with my father-in-law. Um, and I remember speaking to a reporter about it and like I thought he was on my side and that and he he chucked me under the bus a little bit. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like fans were going mad like, well, you should be turning up the training, etc. But I like, would you turn up to, to work and not get paid now? So, so well, why would I? What I was just about to say to you, like you, there comes a point where you have to do look after yourself yeah, yeah. and if you go... I'm not getting any money. How can yeah. you expect me to keep traveling into training? I yeah, know yeah. you've got, I know you're under contract, but yeah. you can't live like that, can you? you know, yeah, you, so you, that's, it's, it's, that's it's, where I'd say the big difference was for me, from me as a person from 19 with Kevin Blackwell, scared to say anything, to at 22 going, yeah. well, no, I'm just not, I'm not coming in because I'll come in when my contract starts on the 5th of August if I've not gone by then, but I want to leave. And then Brackley and Kev Wilkin end up buying me for, I think it was probably about five grand. Um, and... To be honest, I didn't want to go to Brackley. <laughs> really? Just because that feeling I had before, but they were generally the only club that came in for me. So um, I ended up going there. I met with Kev, really liked him. Um, drove down that day, had a medical, met like the likes of Gazdean, etc. And yeah, my Brackley career started then, really. Hey everyone, we have teamed up with CT Electrical, where no job is too small from rewires to EV chargers and at a reasonable price. Check them out at CT Electrical on all social media and if you mention the podcast, you'll get a cheeky 10% off. And that's when, yeah. Lots of things happen. Five years. Yeah, five years, yeah. Longest, longest I've been <laughs> at Five seasons, five 200 years. appearances. Well, FA tr- over, it's probably over. Oh, he loves well, his wiki stats. Go on. Well, more. Yeah, 223. <laughs> 223 well, I have put over 200 yeah. Two, so 223 appearances an FA trophy mm-hmm. but one thing that we always say to all the Brackley lads always so close to promotion so close always so close but never happened did it never happened no no uh, for, for what reason I don't know like the only year I didn't make playoffs was my first year there we missed out by a point and then we went final, semi-final, quarter-final, semi-final. Yeah. Just never got there. Don't know why. Don't know why. When you... Because you mentioned you didn't want to go to Brackley. Um, but when you, when you got there, when you were sort of playing and when you were sort of going through the weeks and stuff, did it then sort of something click and you went, actually, I really like it here? It clicked. I, so I like, like what's going it clicked on. clicked on... So on the Thursday, I said, I met Kev. I'm not even signed my contract here. I went down, did a medical... And then my first game was Wheelston. Last preseason game was Wheelston away. It's a team night out, isn't it? Last preseason. So, yeah. so I've met the lads. I've not met the lads yet. I'm meeting them Saturday. I've gone to Gaz. We got a car skill. He said, yeah. So I meet Gaz at his house. It's me, Gaz, Jimmy Armson, Alex Goodger. First time I've ever met them. The famous oh car God. skill. Oh, mate. Oh, oh, so we drive oh, down to Wheelston. And later that night, I'm sharing a bed with Jimmy Armson. 
and I have <laughs> and I have my first night out and then just from then it didn't take weeks and that just from then like played a game I played really well in the game lads were having me we got on really well the night out was fucking class and it's yeah. just like right I'm sold like yeah, I'm sold it, on yeah. it and um, let's just put this into context as well though I know Shane's talking a lot about team nights out and stuff but we found out earlier that he doesn't actually drink so you don't have to drink to have a good time no you don't I'm not slating it I'm just saying yeah, still yeah. goes on the team nights out Yeah, still has a good time unbelievable oh, yeah. favourite part like Christmas Day was coming up we've got fancy dress and we're picking letters tomorrow Are I you love the, it do you just like stand back and just laugh nah at nah nah I'm dance floor really yeah I'm dance floor yeah from first minute to last minute yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it mate <laughs> love it love it um, how was your relationship with Kev Wilkin brilliant still call him gaffer now someone else said oh, that Jimmy Armstrong said Jimmy and, 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 and um, Goodja Good, both yeah. said it it's mad that isn't it yeah brilliant yeah he, he rang me the other week and he went he calls me shaky he said shaky you injured I went, yeah, he's like, fuck me, I didn't know, I'm good for you. And I'm speaking for like 20, 25 minutes, like just a man who I will always, always respect. Um, just had so much time for him. Um, good, good man-to-man manager. Just trusted his players. Yeah. Like, uh, like he trusted Gaz because he'd been with him for seven years, same with Jimmy, but like he came in and, and after two or three weeks, I just found that trust in him and he had that trust in me and it was just, yeah, we just got on really well from the outset and somebody who I, who I really admire as a person and as a manager. That's class, that is. That's class. <clears throat> um, we have to talk about FA Trophy. Yeah. We have to. I'm glad we're getting onto this topic because I've heard uh, running slated yeah. Yeah. many times on this podcast. Do, do people not remember about their run? Like, Goodges was shocking. <laughs> Just said we played teams that we'd never played. Same with, <laughs> same with Jimmy. Absolute shock. Jimmy was the biggest one, weren't you? You actually come in and it was one of the first things that you said, weren't it? I've got to put this right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't have have a FA Trophy run like the teams we played and etc. Like we played eleven games to win the FA Trophy. Really, eleven games. That's crazy. That's unreal. That's that is mad. unreal. Talk about your, your FA Trophy then. You got we got FA Trophy May twenty eighteen final yeah. at Wembley. Talk about the moment. Talk about playing at Wembley. I'm going to talk you through the running for us because it was fucking well hard. (laughs) So we played Salford first game. They're top of our league. Qualifying round. Beat them 4-0. Swept aside. Next game we played Braintree who end up getting promoted that year at their place. Draw nil all. Take them back to their place. Tuesday night. Win 2-0. Then we get Barrow at home. How's he remembering this by the way? National League side. (laughs) We drew nil all. Gotta go Barrow on a Tuesday night. It's all horrible. Horrendous. All the way up. All the way. I think we took six fans. <laughs> Shout out to those six fans. Shout out to the six fans. If they're listening, they know who they are. There might be less. It might be five or four, but it could be six. <laughs> Hailstone. Worst weather ever. Really? Win 2 nil. Yeah, win 2 nil. Were they all bad pitches as well? No, nah, Barrow's pitch was all right, you was know. Was it? Uh, air pitch was shite. Oh, my God. So we played Sutton next round. Um, Sutton were second in the National League. They had a build up of games, we had a build up of games. Air pitch was a fucking cow field. Some travel as well, this is anyway. Yeah. yeah. Air pitch was a cow field. And the, the the ref came in and said, Listen, I can call this game off if you want. Like, if you want it on and they want it on, we'll play it. So we played it. Ended up winning 3 1. And they were like toured in the National League. So we're getting we're getting through some tough games here. And then we then we get Stockport next round. Massive team. Away. Flipping out. These are some Massive. games, these are. Draw one all. And then getting back to air place. Um, I think this is the quarter final now. Getting back to air place, um, and we end up winning two one. I, I end up scoring the winner. Nice. So then it, we're getting into the semi final now, and the draw. So we've had a tough run as of now. We've played 
three replays, and the draw is Bromley, Gateshead, or Wealdstone. And we're just fucking praying for Wealdstone because yeah. they're shite. At yeah. the time, they were shite. They're a National League club now, but at the time, they were shite. Yeah, yeah. And we get Wealdstone nice. over two legs because the semi final were two legs. Win 1 0 at their place, go up to their place, win 2 0. I scored a free kick that day as well, actually. And that day, that, that day of getting to Wembley, it's going to sound controversial, was better than winning at Wembley. Really? Yeah. Sometimes that is though, like the build up to, to, to get into the actual promised land where you want to get to can be sometimes Yeah, better, like we went, we went one and up, so we're two and up on aggregate. And then I think Aaron Williams scores in like the 80 toward minute. Everybody's on the pitch. And it's just like, it's just the journey home. We stayed in the bar after at Brackley. I've got videos of Kev Wilkin in a vest doing shots of tequila and stuff. Like it was just, <laughs> and obviously I don't drink, so like I'm not participating yeah. in that, but like it was just unbelievable that night because by the time we got to Wembley and we got to the final and we won and it was fucking 20 degrees or something and I'm Irish and I'm fucked and we played extra time <laughs> the night out was shite because I was fucked but Wembley as a whole was brilliant but I would say yeah I would hold Wheelston probably a little bit higher probably because from a selfish reason because I scored as well Yeah, but just like as a whole that sort of fucking hell we've, we're actually on to Wembley yeah, yeah. would you say that you played in every single one of them games Shay? so that year the year we won the FA Trophy and we got to the playoff final I played 60 games. I played every oh minute of every God, game. That is a lot of football. That is a lot of football. Way. Yeah, I played every minute of every game. We were playing York at home. We secured playoffs. It was the last game of the season. And Kev was like, I'm going to take you out today. And I said, you're fucking not. I said, I'm 90 minutes away from playing every minute of every game this season. Yeah. And I think I was fucked for about two years after that. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just didn't recover. Just didn't recover. But uh, yeah, Wembley, unbelievable day. We were brilliant on the day. Um Jimmy, fucking... Go on, let's talk about it. Come on. Because <laughs> no, what did he say? Let's go back a few episodes here. Where Jim, was Jimmy episode? Oh, God, like five. Four or, or five? Five, yeah. So I'll quote here. Jimmy said, uh, I took a... Was it I took a shot? Or he missed like an open goal or something. Or he it over it, the bar. Jimmy missed chance. a lot of chances that day. And then you... It, what did he say that you, Shane said? He said you that... Co- sh- you you yeah, cost I, us. I think, I, I think he said... Cause I think he said... I said to him, if we lose this, it's your fault. You cost fault. us, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you came into it, yeah, and you said, this ain't going to help you out here, mate, but you said, I can't remember what I said. I, don't, I, I rang, so I listened to it, and I rang Jimmy, and I said, Jim, I just need to clear something out. I said, did I actually say this to you? And he went, yeah. I went, all right. <laughs> it's fucking weren't wrong though was it <laughs> <laughs> no apologies is yeah I ain't no. wrong I ain't wrong no apologies no, no, we're, I'm of the mindset like you can say anything to me on the pitch anything you want once I'm off it, it's forgotten about yeah, yeah. hence yeah. why I forgot that I said that to him yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. but then yeah. it turns out that I missed the penalty. <laughs> yeah oh yeah. he did mm. so I nearly cost us it That'd what was that good. feeling taking a penalty at Wembley oh my god no issue but actually wasn't nervous at all no. I had my spot we'd practice it I thought I was good at penos keep a save that what can you do do you just block out block yeah, out yeah yeah just, I just looked at the ball and it just it is what it is like yeah. either, either you score or you miss and I missed first penno and I thought right I've got five penos to get back four penos to get back into this yeah, yeah I went through every single emotion that day because they scored the next four and, and we scored the next three and they've got a penalty to win it yeah. and it's Bugiel stepping up who scored in the game already so if he scores this they've won yeah. and I've cost us and he blew him that over the bar but then Glenn Walker has to score. Legend as well. Anyway. Yeah, what a guy. Yeah, One of the yeah. best guys. But like there's so many photos of us stood as like a team watching the, watching the penos. And like some like immediately after, I'm a bit disappointed. Then I'm smiling because I've came around to the fact that I've missed. But then when Glenn's stepping up or when I'm, I'm literally on my hands and knees 
like praying that carousel of emotions honest to god and then obviously Glenn scores with probably one of the best penals under pressure I've ever seen in my life and then they're skipping this next and Andy Brown scores and we've, I've gone from nearly costing us to we've won and I stand out because I'm the only Brackley player to miss a penalty at Wembley Oh. Mate, all that's forgone though. Oh, yeah, 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 best yeah. penalty I've ever missed, and if you go back again, I'd miss it again because the outcomes. Yeah, we won. We yeah, won the game. Yeah. Mm. We have to um, mention the car school. Yeah, yeah. come on, Gazdeen, Jimmy Armisen, Alex Goodger. The only person that we've not had on now is Gazdeen. We haven't. So we can slate Gaz because he ain't come on to defend himself yet. <laughs> Talk about the car school. We've heard some stories already, but um, yeah, because you said. You, you had, you had the car school with, with them lot. Car school was nuts, honestly. Like, we we would get to, to training like two hours early <laughs> just just to be around each other, just to be in the car. Like, we'd be leaving training at half nine at night and we'd go, should we go Pepe's and Cov? Yeah, he said it, didn't he, Jimmy? He said it. So I, I that car school's out of my way. Yeah, yeah. I had, I had a Leicester car school. I used to drive a half an hour to Nuneaton to drive an hour and a half to Brackley when it's an hour and 15 from my house to Brackley <laughs> just to be in the car school. It was just fucking non-stop all the time. Like, I think Jimmy told you about the McDonald's trips, like... Yeah, the like, video where he falls over is the best thing I've ever seen. I had to have Tourette's one time. <laughs> like, it was just, if you're a drive on the tours day, you're in McDonald's and you've got to do whatever the car school says. If you're driving? If you're driving, yeah. Right. And it was horrendous. What about payments? How would that work? Ah, yeah. Whoever's driving pays as well. Like, right. We used to just get toffee Sundays. Like, we weren't having full on McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. just like for the bat and like... A little treat. One time, we're in car school. It's my drive. And I've got four of them. I've got two of them holding my arms back, beeping the horn. <laughs> drive through is fucking rammed, right? <laughs> so I pull up to the window. The woman starts having a go at me. So why can you not beep your horn? I said, do you think I'm fucking beeping my horn? And then all of a sudden I just see a hand come from behind me and beeps the horn. I said, do you see what the fuck I'm talking about here? I just lost my head at her. And uh, it got to the point where they weren't going to serve us anymore because we were fucking about too much. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. Always the same McDonald's as well? Always the same. Oh, Always the same. I bet they... On a serious note though, Shane, how important are them little things in football, do you think? Yeah, like, like I said, I went out my way. We just... We, you spend so much time travelling as a non-league footballer that a good car skill is so important and that is the best car skill I've been in and probably ever will be in just for just sheer... It was just nuts. Like, the three of them are fucking head cases for yeah. different reasons and, yeah. and I end up turning into a fucking weirdo because of it because it's just either you get on board with it or you don't and, like... Just service stations. I can't even tell you some of the videos I have on my phone of the <laughs> stuff that happened with Gudge and Jimmy after night out and stuff like it's yeah. it's it's. I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna say it. Sorry, Jim and Gudge, but <laughs> oh, no. I've got a video on my phone. We're Blackpool. We're in Blackpool Christmas deal. It's just Gaz, Jimmy, and Gudge in the room. Yeah. So Gudge just reaches over and starts wanking Jimmy off. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> So there's nobody around. Like there's nobody. They're not doing it for anybody's fucking amusement. They're just doing it just for the sake of doing it. Mate, this is football though. This is what it is. This is what it is. Unbelievable. Like, yeah. So like it was. It was fucking. Honestly, it was incredible. And then like after Wembley, we end up going on like a golf trip together. Just yeah. our car school. So we win on the. We we won the FA Trophy on a Sunday. We fly out on Wednesday to play golf and go on nights out. And that was fucking carnage and all. You any good at golf? Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if that. I play regularly, uh, I'm not bad. I 
obviously knee injury um, and then <laughs> I, I haven't played in a while but at the time when we went I was fucking rubbish mm. and Gudge was worse so Gaz and Jimmy were good but um, we weren't there for the golf it was just nah, it was just, just celebrating the FA Trophy and it was, it was incredible like um, and then Gudge ended up leaving us that year and it, it still it was me Gaz and, and Jimmy and it was it was still just as fun to be fair yeah. Yeah. so we want to talk about obviously you spent all them games at Brackley all them seasons all them years at Brackley was it tough when you finally left yes and no I think it had ran its course for me um Oh, we had some, I'm quite an outspoken character yeah. um, and around COVID, et cetera, we had some rules that I didn't agree with. Like I had to walk from me to you with a mask on to walk into the change room, but then I could take it off. So I just didn't do that. And there was one game we were playing Darlington at home and the mask thing, like we, we were putting ourselves at risk. So we play playoffs, no mask, like we're just allowed to do what we wanted, etc. Listen, I think COVID's a fucking conspiracy theory, but that's for a different story. But like, <laughs> um, so I just didn't adhere. I never wore a mask, didn't get, didn't get um, the vaccine or whatever. Really? No, no, not for me, no. not for me. So I was quite outspoken on it all. And we were playing Darlington at home and we, that rule was brought in. There was like, there was a room that led into our new change room and you had to wear a mask to walk from that room into the change room and then you could take your mask off. And this was to protect the volunteers, etc. So I turned up to the game really early before any volunteers and the only person there was a physio and he, he was telling me to put the mask on. And I said, I'm not putting on, so I'm not letting you in. So I sat in my car until quarter to seven, kickoffs quarter to eight. I ended up having to ring Gaff and I said, Gaff, what the fuck's going on? And... Um, he said, you've got to put a mask on. So I walked in, I didn't put a mask on, I just walked through and then we sort of had a little bit of fun. It wasn't with the gaffer, it was with like the hierarchy of the club, etc. Yeah. Um, and then it came to renegotiate, renegotiating a deal in the summer then. They ended up offering me less money, even though I've been there for five years. I'd made team of the year two years in a row. We've made playoffs every year. So I just, I just thought, nah, it's not for me anymore. It was, it was bittersweet in the fact that I was going to miss Kev, the lads, etc. Mm. But I just think my time had come to an end there and it was time for sort of a new challenge. Mm. And that's, A new challenge it was, wasn't it? Yeah, so that's when you joined Boston. Boston United, still not the, not the National League North, so still at, the, at a very, very good level. So how did that, how did that all come about? Um, I didn't tell many people that I was leaving uh, Brackley, to be honest. Like, to be honest, at the time, I was, for the five years at Brackley, like, uh, nobody ever really rang me. Like, I expected after the FA Trophy year I think I scored 10 goals had 17 assists I thought right I'm gonna get a move now I've been brilliant this year but my phone never rang so I was always comfortable at Brackley but Craig Elliott at Boston rang me and it was a good club new stadium etc yeah. and it's a big club and I just thought yeah why not I just thought nothing to lose the train in Doncaster is not too far from your house you only got to go to Boston once a week so yeah just went just went ahead with it and like um he was hounding me and hounding me for, for weeks and weeks and then eventually I, um, I said, yeah, let's go and, and I did it and it was a tough conversation with Kev, bless him, but um, I think he understood it at the time. But yeah, that's how that came about and I was happy to go there to be fair. Yeah, was, was it tough at Boston as well? Because that was sort of during the COVID times as well, weren't it? Yeah, it was, it was the back end of it. The back um, end, yeah. We, yeah, we were out of it then, but um, I think I was the only person at the club not vaccinated. So, But they weren't big or any uh, they weren't pressures about or put any pressure on me it's just um there was no mass or anything then yeah, so that, yeah, that, yeah. that was fine um but yeah no that, that was all good that was no issue there 
Did you enjoy enjoy Boston? Loved it there. It didn't start great. Um, like I said, Craig Elliott had hounded me for a long time, like messaging me, ringing me every day and stuff. So I went there, signed eventually, and then it was sort of, well, the first game I played in pre-season, I split my head open. So not a great start. Mm. And then a month in, I had my three front teeth knocked out. So also, oh. also not a great start. Um, and then I just... I felt that he wasn't speaking to me as much. Sort of like the chase was over now, he'd almost forgotten about me. And I'm always in like sort of constant talk with managers, et cetera, especially when he hounded me that much. So yeah. I wasn't really enjoying it at the time. And I ended up ringing him basically saying I wanted to leave. And after we had sort of a, the discussion out as to why I wasn't enjoying it, et cetera, my relationship with him got a lot better and my time at Boston got a lot better. Okay, um, just, yeah, yeah. So I, I, my advice to people is if, if you're in, in a situation where you feel like you need to speak to people and get your feelings aired, I think you need to do it in football. Can't be afraid to knock on the gaffer's door. Because mm. what's the worst thing you can say to you? Yeah, no, I think, I think you've also, throughout this, this podcast, you've, all, you've sort of explained and, and, and shown that not to be afraid to go and speak to the gaffer. You know, we're all human at the end of the day and real people it's you should be able to go and speak and say why am I playing or yeah, yeah of course what can we do to yeah. make it better for myself and both of us yeah and, and I think for, for a lot of Shane's career it's been a full time job you, you know it's it'd be the same with any job that you do yeah. if you're not happy knock on the door 100% I'm all in with football so like I know it was part time but I treat it full time yeah. like days off I'm in the gym I'm eating correctly I'm I'm watching YouTube clips of the team we're playing against really? on the weekend. Just like, it's a full-time job for me. Like, yeah. because it's what I'm passionate about. So I'm all in on it. So yeah, if, if you're not happy, you've got to speak up because it's not going to get any better by not speaking up. Mm. And like, I try and say this to sort of like the young lads at Kitty now as well. Like, try and sort of pass on experience that I've had. Whereas, like I said, I have regrets of not at 19 going, well, what the fuck's the issue? To now where I'm probably a bit more like, well, I am, I'm, I'm probably over it where I'm just like, if I have even the slightest of issue, you're getting pulled up on it and mm. I want to fucking know what the issue is. So the move to Kidderminster, how did that come, a, come about after Boston? Uh, it's, it's actually something that I want Boston fans to hear really this is because I, uh, I never wanted to leave Boston. I Proper, proper, especially towards the back end. Obviously we made a playoff final, uh, scraped in on the last day of the season. We played filed away in the semi-final. We had more fans at filed away than filed had. We battered them 2-0. Um, and just like the back end of my Boston time, I absolutely loved. The fans were brilliant. The club is a brilliant club. Um, and I wanted to stay so badly, um, but I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Um, they offered me the same deal, which I think I warranted a better deal after making team of the year and, and getting to a playoff final. And I think the performances deserved that. And for Boston fans listening, I know like, they don't know about the money side of things, but I, I didn't ask for a, a big increase. I asked for less of an increase than I should have done um, because I really, really wanted to stay at the club. And that was a similar for like the likes of Scott Garner, uh, Danny Elliott, etc. Like just the deals that were offered out just weren't, weren't at des- deserving of a, of a club that just made the playoff final. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was gutted to leave. Um, I wasn't happy with the communication over the summer. Uh, just like it went on and on. Like I normally get my deals done early doors. Like when I was at Brackley, last game of the season, Kev's pulling me aside. 
Should, can we do a deal? Yeah, I, I never went into a summer as a free agent. I was already signed up. So like, it was dragging on. I'm on holiday in Spain. Still nothing, still nothing. And then I get finally that, listen, we can't obviously give you what you want. So I said, well, that's, I can't stay. So um, I put a tweet out just saying like I was gutted, which I generally was. And I'm like, I still look at Boston as a great club and, and somewhere I really, really enjoyed myself. Um, and to be honest, after that tweet, my phone didn't stop ringing. Yeah, um, which was a nice feeling because, like I said to you both there, like I've never really had any phone calls from from other teams or other managers over my career, so like it it didn't stop. Um, and Russ Penn, the gaffer at Kitty, was the first person to 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 message me. Said, you know, it makes sense. Um, but they were full time, and I didn't yeah. know if I wanted to go full time in the National League North because I'd gotten used to my my work football balance. Like I I was enjoying my life. I had a happy lifestyle. Um, because I go to work all day, I enjoyed my work, and then Sunday and Tuesdays and Thursdays football was my release. Yeah, and I was playing well, so yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't want to mess that up. But I just thought, why not? Why not? Um, I think I'm saying that I'd be captain probably probably swung the deal a little bit more. Yeah, because yeah. um, I thought I felt obviously working on the Gazdean for so long as sort of like his vice captain and, and seeing how he did things. I thought it was sort of like the next progression in my career. Um, so yeah, that, that he, he got in contact, and it wasn't straight like, "Do you want to come?" We we bartered over money, etc., like you do. And like I said, I do my own deals, and we we finally agreed a point. I flew home on a Friday, met him on the Saturday, signed the contract, and then started training on the Monday with them. Okay. Is it is it strange, Shane, when you? And I don't think I've ever asked this question before. So you signed for Kiddy, but when you were at Boston, you beat Kiddy. Yeah. What's that like Fuck, when you're going into that? Fucking class. <laughs> <laughs> fucking class. <laughs> Is it like awkward? Like, what if you have a little bit of a to-do with a player? Like I said, I, I on the pitch, I like talking to people. So right. I don't go in as far as... I do have to-dos with people, but like... Like I said, it's forgotten for me immediately. The minute the final whistle goes, mm. it's forgotten. I'd say, oh, I enjoyed that. Yeah. So it's forgotten. I, don't, I can't say the same for other people, Yeah. but it's forgotten. But yeah, it was... It was fucking class rolling into Kitty, newly signed after just knocking them out of the playoffs. Yeah. It was such, a, it was such a nice feeling. Really? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was such a nice feeling. And like, I used to bring like so. For example, um, Christian Oxlade Chamberlain signed for us this year from Kings Lynn. Yeah, we fucking battered them in the playoffs four one. He just doesn't live it down. He's in my car school. He just doesn't live it down. Really? So he's on the opposite side. He's came to the team that beat him. But like, yeah, going in there, like the lads obviously would go on about the FA Cup fourth round and stuff. I said, yeah, but I said, when it came to it in the playoffs, we fucking beat you. <laughs> oh, because that's when they, did they play West Ham? Yeah, they played West Ham. They had a really good that's cup when they run. Play, yeah, they um, played West Ham, didn't they? So like, obviously, I'm of a, like in, in my change room now, I don't like to talk about promotion last year because it's gone. It's forgotten about. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we've got a new challenge now. Um, so it used to annoy me when they used to bring up the fourth round all the time, like the new lads. Obviously being a lad there, yeah, I hadn't been yeah. there. So like, so I used to say, yeah, yeah. What about at home? We beat us two one. Let's park it, park it a little bit. <laughs> you've you've, um, you've just mentioned the obviously the promotion. So let's talk about the brilliant season that you had with Kidderminster last year. Um, your first season with the club, obviously club captain. Mm-hmm. Massive honour to to be the captain. I'm, yeah, I'm assuming um, you win promotion from the National League North uh, to the National League. Was there a point in the season where you just thought, yeah, something feels 
right here we're heading in the right direction sort of thing we went through the playoffs didn't you so you no. never know but yeah, yeah no, it, no no we were we were in a bad place for majority of that season as really we are tipped to win to win it i think we're a second favorites to win it uh we started all right but for whatever reason i don't know why um from large majority of the season we were off it way off it i don't know why i can't tell you why but um we were i think we were 14th going into like March, April time. It's mad, isn't it? How it can do. And like, we had a, we had a, a good squad. We had. I thought I'm coming to Kitty to get promoted, and in November time, I'm looking thinking this is the furthest I've ever been away from promotion, um, and I started having doubts about myself as a player, um, as a captain, because I was trying to find my feet in a new club. I've been brought in. A decent, decent reputation in the National League North. Um, been in the playoffs for the last six years in a row. I said, like, "Is this the year I'm not going to make the playoffs as captain?" Like I said, like, couldn't believe it. So yeah, I was in, I was in probably the worst place I've ever been as a footballer that year because I was trying to find myself as the player I am, but then also be a captain at the same time, manage a group of people, back full time, quitting my job, trying to like manage all that and still try and be the player that I was and I probably didn't live up to the expectations of myself the manager and the kiddie fans up until probably the, the second half of the season really? just because I was trying to manage all that and like it got to a stage where I just had to say well I would probably try and do things to lead by example where I wouldn't normally do like if we're under I like to take a lot of touches. I like to chop and change and everybody will tell you that about me. I like to take risks on the ball but I probably went a bit safe because I was like, right, I need to lead by example here. Okay. So like, I need to keep the ball mm. and it just took away from what I was as a player yeah, yeah. and then it got to a stage where I said, well, I just need to be me again mm. and from January onwards, I felt a lot better and then we as a team started, not because I started playing better or whatever but we just started to turn a corner in January and then we basically got promoted by winning the last nine games in a row yeah mm. crazy mm. isn't it it's crazy how football can turn so much and how tight the league can be as well yeah yeah that, that last game the last game of the season uh, Chorley went from 4th to 14th and they finished 11th <sighs> that's unreal and that's I'd unreal. never known a National League North uh, like chase like it to be fair um, it was it was mental but our goal at the start of the season was to get promoted they're a full time club Kitty it's a big club they've got a good real good fan base Hi guys, the Non-League Treatment Room have partnered up with Pathways Coventry. Pathways is a men's mental health support group who meet up for weekly meetings, local walks, daily check-ins, regular mountain walks and more. Men's mental health is so important and we need to break the stigma that men can't talk about how they feel. Men need to know it's okay to talk about their feelings and what they're struggling with and Pathways is a group that can support you. Check them out on Instagram at pathways underscore cov. Thank you. Talk to us through them playoffs and, and how special that was. So you said nine games you won on the bounce. Yeah. Were the playoffs in that as yeah, well? Yeah. yeah, so we went. We played Farsley away 1st of April. Tough team to play as well, ain't there? Jimmy always talks about them and it's says how shit, weird they are. It's a shithole as well. Yeah. Right, proper shithole. Um... And I'm doing my huddle. Um, and I say in the huddle, don't get a fucking twisted. We're in a relegation battle here if we lose today. 
Don't, that's it. Don't think about fucking getting the playoffs. So if we lose today, Farsley got three points behind us and they're fucking 21st. Um, so we end up winning that game 1-0. And then we play Buxton the next week. They're 14 unbeaten. Friday, Easter weekend. They're 14 unbeaten. We score after 30 seconds. We win 1-0. So picking up a little bit of momentum. Like the, the results before that were okay. Like draws, a win here, draw yeah, there. Yeah. Like we, we, were, we were doing all right. We turned, we turned a massive corner. And then we play Filed on the Monday. It's a tough bank holiday that is. Yeah, mate. Buxton at home, Filed away. Filed are going for the title. Yeah, big team. Yeah. Battered them, 2-0. E- comfortable game. And you're thinking, all right, we've won three on the bounce here. And then the next game's Telford at home. So they were struggling at the time. Yeah, they were really struggling yeah. at the time. Telford at home. Again, we score after like 15, we score after 25 seconds again. Win 3 0, easy. Southport away, score after 18 seconds. So with that, just to, sorry to cut you here. So, all these early goals, is this something that was like sort of premeditated? Was there a. Was there a <laughs> no, like. Phase it, of play that no, we, we worked on kickoffs a bit, but like, it just, it was mad how it happened that month. Like. Was it the same every time? No. No. So, we, we played Southport, right? And they'd obviously known that we were like good from kickoffs. So we'd set up, I, always, I was saying at times like, listen, let's just fucking load Morgs, Mary Morgan Smith and let's win our first ball and let's just play from there. Like let's set the tempo. So they'd set up literally the, all the team on one side of the pitch. And I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, there's so much space on the right side from kickoff. So I've got a back from kickoff. I've looked at Morgs on the left-hand side and I've just played it straight back to Brownie, who's taken tip. He's turned. He's got the whole pitch. He yeah. plays out wide to, to Hemo, and he's, he's got nobody near him. And we end up striking fear into people from kickoff. Because then, like, so we scored early against Southport again. Um, Kettering, last game of the season. They had to win to stay up. We had to win to get into playoffs. Nil all at half time. Beat him 3-0, comfortable. And then Alfreton, playoff, first game. Good from, they said, listen, they're really, they start really well. Win a up after 50 seconds. Flipping and we end up winning the That's game one nil. But just we got to a stage in that last month where we just we knew how to win games and we knew if we scored a goal, we we weren't losing. Is that classic saying though, isn't there, that you you're always most vulnerable after you've just scored? Mm. Was, it, was that not the case there? Not for us, no. no. Like we kept in those six games, one nil, one nil, two. We, we conceded one goal, and in the whole in the nine games, we conceded two goals <laughs> and scored twenty. From a team who we struggled to score, like yeah, we had a good defence, but we struggled to score throughout the season. But for for whatever reason, I don't know what happened. But for those nine games, we were just just everything just went went for yeah. us. And like Alverton in the playoffs is a team you don't want to play. They've got a lad called Lundy who can chuck the ball a million miles, yeah. and that's all he did all game. Like I don't think I made one pass in the game. But we just we won ugly, and then we went to Kings Lynn on the Saturday on the Sunday half twelve kickoff. I was I hate playing early, <laughs> really? fucking hate it. Yeah, ah, oh, we stayed over, but I'm like I've got to eat my pasta three hours before kickoff, so I'm eating chicken pasta at half nine, oh. and I struggled to eat it at twelve o'clock. Yeah, so like I'm struggling, but we took we took loads of fans. The away support was incredible that day. Kings Lynn have finished twenty points ahead of us, and they were scared of us at kickoff again didn't end up scoring early but we battered them 1-4-1 um, and that was that was a really really good day um, away support was brilliant just cruised to a 4-1 victory in the semi-final of a playoffs it was just like unheard of you know I've been in playoff semi-finals where we've gone to extra time and we scrape a 1-0 yeah. but we just we were unplayable that day and then it all fucking 
it all goes to Brackley where I'd been at five years in the playoff final. It's yeah. me again, sort of probably one of my best mates in Shepmore and Bedsy who I'm going to play directly against and two of my car skill members who I have the utmost respect for yeah. who I'm still in the group chat with who yeah. were chatting on that week like what's it called again? Uh, where are we going with this? yeah you remember yeah, Richie? Yeah, I remember that, yeah. <laughs> from my man in Spain what yeah. a fucking guy yeah. Um, yeah so that was it was a weird feeling like I, and I, I've, I don't get nervous because I just think if you, if you do a job long enough like you don't get nervous going to work do you? No. so like I don't get nervous playing football it's, it's my job I from Monday, so we played Kingsland on a Sunday. From Monday, I was shitting myself. Really, couldn't I couldn't eat Monday just because it was against Brackley? Do you think? I think so, but it was also at Brackley as well. Yeah, so it's it? at Brackley. Yeah. So how was how was the response to you there? Was it okay? Or? So the times I went back. So when I went back after first time with Boston, I got booed a little bit when I first went back which I thought was a little bit disrespectful. So what I did was I scored the winner and I celebrated. Oh, he's <laughs> come back. <laughs> um, and then like, to be fair, the reception on the playoff final day was, was really nice. And the fans were, were so good to me, to be fair. Um, they, were, they were as happy as they could be for me, um, yeah, yeah, which, yeah. Was, which was nice. But it was, um, it was everything I'd wanted to get promoted from the National League North for such a long time. Like, like I said, with Brackley, I'd been so close so many times. Um, and I'd built up what this moment was going to feel like and it just it didn't reach that to be honest for me mm, okay. like, no I just wanted that euphoric feeling dropped it like, I ended up dropping to my knees but like it was almost because I wanted to do it rather than like the emotion yeah. draining out of me mm. it wasn't until like probably two or three weeks later where I'd like I've seen I'd looked at the medal and I've gone fucking hell this is like eight years of work gone into this yeah. like you've been so close so many times and to do it the way we did it as captain as well I just I just felt like all the other times weren't meant to happen because it was meant to happen for me this way mm. at Brackley but it, like I said it was a very bittersweet moment because like I said my best mate plays for them Gaz is managing them at the time yeah, yeah. yeah Jimmy's there I know all the boys like so it was it was a weird feeling but it's fucking class yeah, yeah unbelievable moment. what um what was it like lifting the trophy yeah, it's surreal. Uh, I ended up taking it home with me that the next day. Yeah. So, yeah. so we went back to the Harrier's Arms, obviously lifted the trophy. I saw the videos of you going back to the, the, the It was ground, unbelievable. And this the people I mean, there was This insane, is what I mean about it? Kitty. It's such a fantastic club. It's a massive club. Like It felt like we'd, we'd won the Champions League or something with the amount of fans there waiting for us. Like, I yeah. had fans calling me on Instagram saying, where I is like... Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Honestly, it was one of the best nights I've had going back there. Um, but yeah lifting the trophy getting my hands on it after so long just felt so nice and then I ended up taking it home with me for a week which was nice <laughs> just because just it, it avoided me for so long and, and even like going doing it through playoffs I think that's the way I wanted to do it you know because I'd been there so many times and I remember Gaz Dean saying to me after he's like at least one of us has broken the, yeah, the yeah, that's nice. nice. yeah that's nice yeah that's definitely that's nice so how, how good was the uh, the night out and celebrations then? So we didn't, you know, we didn't even go out. We got back to the Harriers Arms and just we were just with the fans for. I I, I got in at five o'clock that morning. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just honestly, mate. It was incredible. It was incredible. Just just being with the boys like makes you appreciate it, don't it? Like, it does. Yeah. Like what the fans did for us that day, I'll never forget. Like coming mm. back to that, the 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 support we had all season because we were in a bad place at times, we were still getting 2,500 through the gate, like mm. the support all season, and then the playoff games was outstanding, but then that, coming back, flares up and down the road, like, it was incredible. Um, 
and it just it just made you realise what a good club and what a big club Kitty is and sort of how richly they deserved this and it was just so nice to be able to do it mm. um, and especially as captain like superb you mentioned the, the, the captaincy is that a, was that um, how does that make you feel being like the captain was that quite a big honour to do yeah that? a massive honour yeah I think um, it's something I'd, I've done for sort of my life so when I was back in Ireland I did it I was lucky enough to uh, captain my country as well um, I captained Leicester at the 18 side a couple of times so it's something that I did but obviously being at Brackley for so long with Gaz who's a fantastic yeah, leader yeah, yeah. Um, it gave me sort of time to grow and learn and learn from him so when, when it came about um, I was absolutely delighted and I just felt it was like the nat- natural step for me to go into it um, and yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoy being I enjoy being captain. It comes with like a lot of responsibility off the pitch with like organisation and stuff like that. <laughs> but I don't mind it. And no, like it, it, it is a, it is an honour to, to to captain a club such as as big as Kitty yeah. and to now be in history there for what we achieved and like be the captain that got promoted is yeah. is could be probably my greatest achievement so far to date. Yeah. Sometimes you don't realise it until you say it, do you? Yeah, you don't realise the gravity of of, mm. of what we did and stuff. And like you look back on it and just like. I go on flash score. I went on flash scores probably two weeks after and you just see like nine games you're just like win, 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 win. Yeah. It was just, honestly, couldn't write it. Yeah. Couldn't write it and to be part of it was just immense. So so let's talk about Kiddy now then. So yeah. obviously you've already told us that unfortunately you're injured at the mm-hmm. minute but how do you think the group and you personally have found it so far? We've, um, we've been punished. We've We've been unlucky in a lot of games but as captain of the club, I'm fed up of saying that. Like, I'd rather be terrible and win games because we are more than holding our own at the level. Yeah, more I've been looking up. out, and you have been. It's, been, it's been like it's one, an odd goal. It's an odd it's goal. A, it's an odd goal, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, we've been more than more than holding our, our own. Um, we've injuries haven't helped. Yeah, um, we've had a lot of injuries that happened to us the start of last season. Hence why we started a little bit sluggish as well. Um, but generally, I, we'll be okay. Yeah. I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I have no doubts. Like, I'm back in five weeks. Hopefully, that gives us a boost. Yeah, yeah. We've had some good players through the door. Um, my other mate, Joe, who's injured, who's a big player for us, he's back in four to five weeks. Um, we're getting more players fit again. So, yeah, I think I think we'll be fine. We've more than held our own. We've been unlucky. Um, and I think sort of the next sort of month to two months is a big period for us. Yeah. Have you seen a big difference, Shane, in the level? You know what, because I've spoke to you about the FA Trophy and how many National League sides we'd played and like over the years at Brackley we played like the likes of Chesterfield in the National League and, and there was no issue. I never thought it was going to be big. But yeah, yeah, there's oh, some absolute players at this level mm. uh, and it's more like League 3 to me than, than the National League like because yeah, okay, I don't yeah. think there's any difference between L- National League, League 2 and maybe even League 1. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? like, yeah. You know, I'm just looking now at your results from the league so far and you've beat some good sides yeah yeah yeah. I love Dorking don't I you I do love Dorking yeah. Wanderers talk yeah. about them all the time great club what was that like oh, I wasn't there oh you, what, you didn't even go no I don't, I, Gaffer don't make us travel to away games oh really I'll, I'll go to the gym and stuff at home so it's right. more beneficial for the knee so every home game I'm there but we played them in the FA Trophy last year and I played in that yeah yeah it was good yeah managers class love him mate yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> so um, this weekend Older shot. Older shot. Away. Yeah, just off the back of a 7-4 drumming of Swindon, aren't they? Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. To beat yeah. Swindon 7-4 in the FA Cup. Yeah. Really? Yep. Uh, are you feeling confident? Yeah, I think so. I, I, When I first got injured, I offered to do analysis of the games for 
us as a club so like I could watch the games analyse what the opposition are doing and I've watched all the shit a couple of times and yeah listen I've scored seven goals against a league one or league two outfit so they're a good side they're in and around the playoffs but yeah I'm, I'm confident we've, we've got some good players through the door now and and we are in a better place than we were I don't, we've been in a good place just been unlucky um, yeah yeah so yeah I, I'm confident I think we can go into any game and win it in this league mm. um, I think that's the attitude we've got to have and it's a big month for us starting this starting this Saturday and if we can kick it off with three points because like you look at the table we're rock bottom currently yeah. but we're three points off of going to probably 18th yeah yeah so like, a, we, quite we've got to pick up points soon um, and not let that get away from us but we're not far off of being just right and I, I think I think it fine. sounds patronising but if you sustain in your first season in that league and if you stay in that league who knows what could happen I'd agree I, I think for me personally I'm an ambitious person like yeah. I've always been in the playoffs etc but a successful season for me this year would look like Kidderminster Harriers playing National League football next year yeah. Yeah. and then you get a gist of the level yeah. and then you go right what do we need what were we missing last year? Yeah. What What have we learned? And then you build from then. Yeah. Completely agree. And 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 and, and that's and obviously like our position now says that that us staying up would 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 be a good season. But for me, anyway, going into the start of the season, I said it in my interview when I resigned for Kitty. My main goal is to stay in the league and stay in the league as soon as possible, and then build from there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um. You mentioned it a few times representing your country. I know we're, we're moving away from Kitty, but just briefly brief talk about that. You've you represented um, Ireland mm-hmm. as a as a young boy, yeah. Yeah. How about that? Talk 16, about that. 17, yeah. yeah one, to... one of the pre- up to 19s, yeah. yeah. Um, I was I never got the 21s cap, which I was disappointed with. But yeah, to to represent your country, to pull on an Irish jersey, sing a national anthem. Um, at 15 was one of the proudest moments of my Can't life. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Can't like be. I am, um, I didn't initially get picked for the squad. I was, uh, for whatever reason, I didn't get picked and I was on trial at Leicester, funny enough. And somebody dropped out and I got a phone call from the manager saying, oh, uh, you've been, you've been selected. And I was, I've been a bit arsy about it. I was like, well, I don't know if I want to fucking go now. <laughs> Cause you know, you didn't pick me. I want trial at Leicester. And then I went fucking grow up yeah. and I flew straight home. And then, uh, Obviously, so I've just just squeezed into the squad, and then the midfielder gets injured, and now I'm starting. So I've gone from not being in the squad to starting. I'm playing my first ever game from a country under 15 against Latvia. My family are there, and uh, we end up winning four one. Brilliant. And then we played Turkey the next game, and then we played end up playing Belgium against the likes of Lukaku and stuff. Oh he's my God. They're my age. So yeah, we yeah. end up beating them two 0 Like, and it's just surreal and then to go on to under 16s and then I've been to like played in Euro qualifi- qualifications from my country had some incredible trips away to Bulgaria places like that just living the dream honestly yeah, it, was, like, it was just so much fun and like I say I don't think there's a greater honour than representing your no. country and getting to do it so many times from a 15 to a 19 year old was, was like what dreams are made of really how many caps did you make in total Shane? Um I probably played about 16 times for them, yeah. Did you get like an actual little cap as well? Yeah, I've got a cap at yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. Nice. yeah, you get one for each age group, so I'll have one for 15, 16, 17, yeah, and 19, yeah. So it's just a story to tell, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's memories that are going to live with you, which uh, just no one else can 
I just, I just put my da- myself and my dad's shoes, like, yeah, and yeah. getting to see his son represent his oh, country. Yeah, like, I just it. can imagine it's a, it's a very proud moment for him, and yeah, yeah, a very nice moment for me. And like, I was lucky enough to, to captain my country and score goals for them and stuff. Like, we played the, played the competition in uh, in Austria and Italy, and we scored four goals over the tournament, and I scored all four of them. <laughs> and it was just like, yeah, it was, it was incredible. Class. It was incredible. Super. You've been uh, you've been absolutely brilliant, Shane. This has been a brilliant episode. Stories have been unbelievable. Um, we're going to go on some quick fires, if mm-hmm. that's all right, and we'll finish off there, and we'll get to to to, to know you a bit more better. Um, best player you've played against? Martin Gamster Pedersen. Oh my God! Really? What a player! He's a joke. Blackburn. But, but he's not your age. Yeah, I know. But I played against him. How? When I was at Berry, like we played Blackburn, and like a. Like a preseason friendly or something, or like absolute rocket of a left foot. Oh he God. was unbelievable. I remember, yeah. Good looking lad as well, weren't yeah. he? As well? Great, yeah. I bet he, he smelt nice. Yeah, <laughs> did he? That's that's one for our generation, not the younger generation. Yeah, yeah Martin Gams Pedersen was was silly, silly good. That's crazy. This is a tough one. Best manager you've played for? <sighs> is my youth team manager included in that? Yeah, yeah, can, yeah. yeah that's fine. I'm yeah. going. Kev's unlucky to miss out here. Yeah, and, and and Russ McGaffer currently is unlucky because he's brilliant. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go to B because he just he shaped me as a person, made me sort of. I think he shaped my career a little bit, and mm. I owe a lot, I owe a lot to him. And he's probably one of the most influential coaches I've ever worked with, and managers I've worked with. So yeah, I'll give it to him. Super best player you've played with. Um, Jeff gets a shout. Probably Robbie Brady. Yeah. At the time, it, yeah. um, when he was at Man United, uh, played with him for Ireland. I yeah. was playing the age above, and he was like, he was like Wayne Rooney at the time. Really? So, yeah. He was he was so good, lovely left foot. Um, yeah, he was brilliant. I'd probably say I'd probably say him. Yeah. Super. A little bit different, mate. Favorite takeaway? I like a pizza, me. Wow. We yeah, had that first. I love a pizza though. That's the first time we've had yeah, that. Yeah, we have. Every Saturday, actually. Really? Same, like, Same go, place? Yeah, don't go down when I was called Sunshine and Ibstock. If you're ever in Ibstock, that's uh, so why cheese and tomato pizza, less cheese, more tomato, with, yeah. with a portion of chips, fucking slaps. <laughs> I'm not a pizza fan, I'll eat it, but not for me. If, if I lived in Ireland, it'd be a different story. What would it be there? Chinese. I've got the best Chinese in the fucking world near my really? house. Really? Like, no word of a lie. Oh. They do a thing called a spice. If you're ever in Ireland... Sp- is it a spice bag? Yes. Oh, I've heard about it. If you're ever in Ireland and you listen to this podcast, go get a, go get a chicken fillet roll at around 12 o'clock in the afternoon because they fucking slap and then go get a, uh, a spice bag from a Chinese. It is... The- Sounds wrong, really, it don't it? Yeah. spice bag. My man and dad probably listen to this. It is one of the reasons I go home. Really? Yeah, not to see them. <laughs> <laughs> we went, I went home not too long ago, and on the way back from the airport, my dad pulled into the Chinese to get us a spice yeah. bag. And then we had one Friday and Saturday night. Fair so play, fair play. Um, you've, you've already mentioned it. What do you eat before a game? Yeah, chicken pasta um, never changes. It used to be sweet potato... Uh, chicken and broccoli but that, oh, oh, that no. got horrendous that did <laughs> so yeah chicken pasta with a uh, pepperoni and tomato dolmio sauce oh that's me. beautiful that's details me. unbelievable and, by and the way Jimmy Jimmy Kaz and Gudge will tell you I eat a fucking mountain load really yeah I bring enough for the coach me really <laughs> did I you scran it all no no I can never eat it all because that much but I eat to the point where I feel like I'm going to get sick because yeah. then I know I've had enough 
Wow. Is that your body digesting? Yeah, because some people like to feel light. Some people like, I like to eat as much as I can because I'm not that fit, so I need the energy. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Favourite TV series or programme that you've watched or that you're watching, Shay? Oh, it's a toss-up between Breaking Bad. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Homeland. Yeah. Um, and like Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're in my top three. Stranger Things is lucky to, unlucky to oh, myself. Oh, yeah, brilliant. Um, but I would say if I had to watch one again for the first time, it would probably be Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Biggest name in your phone book? Um, I'll, I'll probably say Marilyn Harewood. Yeah, 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 play, I think yeah. So. ex-Premier League, yeah. You might have to hook us up, get him on the pod. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, have you got any superstitions as a player? Sure. No, not one. Really? Not one. Wow. That's good. That's good in a way. Yeah, good. You don't want to be yeah. tied the down. Only, the, only, the only thing I did was, is I, food. I eat at 12 o'clock. Yeah. Three hours for kickoff. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, there's no, uh, no left sock, right fucking boot or anything like really? that. Really? That ain't going to help. Fair play, mate. <laughs> Fair play. Love that. Do you remember your first live game you went and watched? It was a League of Ireland game. Um, my dad was a Shelbourne Rover supporter and I think they were I think he had to win to win the league and I remember him taking me to see that um, and I loved it and then not too long after my first game in England he, I'm a Liverpool fan he took me to see the Liverpool derby Michael Owen scored too oh wow but yeah Sh- Shelbourne it. Rovers back home in Ireland yeah, yeah first live game I've been to you're going to like this one Shane best goal you've ever scored mate best goal I've <coughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> so I've got toss up between my best goal and my favourite goals okay. but my best one I would, I'd, I'd have to say it's um, against Gateshead in the playoffs from inside my own half from kickoff like a David Beckham type goal yeah. was it a driller or was it like a floater no so they just scored so it's like one minute before um, the half finishes okay. they've just scored and I've gone ref how long's left and it's like 20 seconds left so I've got it back to me I've just took a touch and it's, I think it stayed the same height the whole way. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. It's probably the best connection I've ever hit with a ball. And it just keeps scrambling. He's diving back. He's missed and It's just landed in the top corner. Like from inside my own half to net and didn't touch the ground. Did you give it, the, did you give it stacks? I mean, did you stand still and, and Eric Cantona asked Well, I, I didn't know. My celebration's embarrassing. But like, <laughs> I actually, if I could go back, if I could go back now, I would just, because it was during COVID and it was a playoff game. So they no were stre- they were stream there was no fans yeah. they were streaming it on National League TV. Oh, okay. So if I go back now, I would have just turned to the camera and took a bow. <laughs> but I ran to the corner flag to no fans. <laughs> oh my so god! I've scored, I've scored from inside my own half, and I've ran <laughs> I've ran to the opposite corner flag. But that could come across as funny though. It could. I just didn't know what to do. It's yeah. also natural, isn't it? I just couldn't believe what happened, and yeah. I was just like nobody even came to celebrate me because I ran that far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was fucked. <laughs> Um, first pair of football boots I don't know you don't know no no idea really oh. yeah no idea couldn't tell you what about ones that you can remember um, as a kid just uh, Preds I used to wear I was an Adidas man when I was, when I was a young young boy I'm a mm. Nike man now right. um, so Adidas I'll, I'll change that question though to my favourite ever pair of yeah, boots go yeah go on then. and they'd be the um the Carbon 5 are CTRs, um, white with yellow on the back. I made my debut with them. I absolutely love them. Are you them. one of them, Shane, that wears like, multi-colours and stuff? So I current, my current boots are... <clears throat> they remade the CTRs, the yellow and black ones. Yeah. Yeah, they're my boots currently. Nice. Okay. They've only made it to one I like game. I like that because there's a bit of black in there. Yeah. No, I'm, oh. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, colourful. 
Really? Yeah, like I used oh, to love, oh, I love that though. I used to love like the the Magisters, you know, like the orange ones or the oh, blue oh, ones. Not for me, mate. Yeah. Not for All me. sorts, mate. My old man had kicked me around the living room if he <laughs> So at Leicester, then. at Leicester, we had to wear black boots until you were a pro. Yeah, love yeah. that. Yeah, okay. Love he, had that. To wear long so- he had to wear long socks in training. Weren't allowed to wear white wow. socks. Weren't allowed to wear gloves. Weren't allowed to wear hats. Love that. Uh, Favourite holiday destination, mate? Um, me and my wife go to Spain every year. Our mum and dad have a place there. Uh, it's where we went with Jimmy, Gaz and Gudge, actually. It's on a golf course. It's uh, south of Spain. Go there for a month normally. Really? Yeah, just yeah. feel at home there. Like, yeah, feel lovely. really comfortable there. Um, Speak the lingo? Trying to. Trying yeah. to, yeah, yeah. I do try when I'm over there. I feel rude going over there and not speaking. Even yeah. though everybody speaks English, I do try. And I've gotten to the stage where I can order my food in Spanish and stuff. So Love that. Um, yeah, I, yeah, we go there every year. Um, but also went Venice last year and loved it. So yeah. but Spain, Spain every year. Yeah, very nice. Got some dough going Venice. Last <laughs> <laughs> um, one, best team night out. Been I, a few. You might have had this one. Um, last year was good, actually. But it was... FA Cup second round with Brackley, Blackpool away, £15 charity shop challenge. No, we haven't had that, no. I think. No, haven't you? No. Yeah. <clears throat> we, um... So was that the, the, the game before that? Was that when Jimmy Armisen scored the hat trick? Yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then you draw Black... You so who scored that game? You. I scored from a fucking corner, but I didn't get credited to me. <laughs> what, straight in? Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the keeper was a shambles for it. It bounced in front of him and then it like hit him in the chest and went in. It's yeah. a goal then, surely, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> it's on target though. Um, yeah, so we uh, picked names out of a hat and you had £15 to spend on that man in a charity shop and the only stipulation was they had to get into a nightclub but we were in, we were in Blackpool so it didn't fucking matter. Really? <laughs> Who did you get? I got Ellis. Miles? Yeah. Lovely. That and he got, he got voted best slash worst dressed. Can you say what you dressed him in? Yeah, so I got him some flares when flares weren't in. Yeah. I got him these. When I bought the shoes, the lady told me that they were a disabled person's shoes. Yeah. So they had like a Velcro on them, black things, pointy things. They were horrible. (laughs) They were like Aladdin's boots. (laughs) And then do you ever see those old school bowling shorts with the flames on them? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I got him that. Oh, wow. That reminds me of like school disco. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? School disco. Yeah, yeah. Spiky hair, like. Yeah. (laughs) And then somebody dressed Jimmy up as if he'd had a go. So, like, he looked okay, but he looked shit. So, it was yeah. even worse from like, because Ellis was dressed like a, an, an, a fucking Egypt. Yeah. People were like, yeah, it's got to be a joke. But, like, Jimmy had like a little fucking fedora on, a pinstripe short, and he looked terrible. Really? But he looked like he, he dressed himself. Yeah. It was quite good. Mate, I, I love Ellis as well, and I know how much he loves his clopper. Like, he loves all his gear and that. So and to dress him in that, that but he was fuming. Yeah, it was, and then... It got, did he have the man bun at the time as well? No, nah, no, nah, he didn't. He had short hair then. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh. And, then, and then we got to the stage where it got late in the night and then Gaz and... Gaz and Good just went around just ripping everybody's T-shirts. Yeah, classic. <laughs> classic. So then, like, his... So I think Good pulled Gaz's short open. So then Gaz, Gaz did it to Gudge and then he did it to everybody else and like they're getting into nightclubs and they've got the short like this and like, oh, it's freezing, isn't it? They just had to have it there because it's there really was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. But that night out was incredible. And that cool. and it ended the next day with Jimmy and Gudge wanking each other off. <laughs> <laughs> just to remind everyone. Love it, mate. That, that's, that's the end uh, Shane honestly you've been unbelievable Class, thank mate. you very much mate um, what a journey what memories you have and will hold for the rest of your life and we wish you all the best at Kiddy honestly yeah. speedy recovery um, mate yeah really hope you come back soon and sharpish and you start picking up results for, for Kiddy um, 
get some tickets. Yeah, cool. me and Lee will definitely come and watch a game. We'll yeah. definitely come and support you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, mate. Thank no, thanks for having much. me. Enjoyed it, lads. Super. Uh, Shane, thank you so much, mate. Appreciate it. Unreal, mate. Sports Social Podcast Network.